What's up, fuckers? And welcome to uh, part two of our interview with Morgan. And you're listening to the Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast. And uh, we're also on that Twitter thing. I don't have the, the, the handle right now because it's a bunch of bullshit letters and don't make no goddamn sense. And we got an Instagram. But I don't have no damn, I don't know the Instagram because I can't work Instagram. So April's got that shit. We'll get it out, push it out to you later. But mostly we're on Facebook. That's where you can find us. It's Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast, and here's part two with Morgan. So uh, sit down, strap in, and let's get this shit going. Live from Louisiana, it's the Saturday Saturday Night Night Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) With your host, Robert in April. Come join us on the back porch for more conversation. So, like, when I was a kid, my uncle, or the oldest of the siblings, my uncle Andy, this dude is, like, the supreme alcohol drinker of all time. Yeah, still. Like, when I lived, I, I lived with him for a little, a little like, sprint, and I remember waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to work, and he had already been up, and he just wakes up, and he walks over to the freezer, and he just opens the freezer, grabs a fifth of vodka, and turns it up like it was water. Yes. Wow. And then... Then he would grab a tall boy beer, wrap it in a paper bag, and go catch the bus to uh, to go to work because he it's was so funny. shit-faced he couldn't drive. Was, it's funny you say that because I remember one summer working with him, painting, yep. and um, we were painting Marion Edwards' house. That's Edwin Edwards' right. brother. Yeah. And we're on our way there to paint the house. It was off of, um, Highland, somewhere around Blue Bonnet, one of them big-ass houses somewhere around there. And Sheba hits the table like that and sounds like an earthquake. But um, so we stop it. I think back then it was like a Circle K or something, whatever the fuck it was. He got a pint of vodka, the Taka vodka or whatever, yep, the blue taka. label on it. Blue Taka. And he got a, a tall boy Budweiser. So I'm driving. Is on the way to work? Yes, I'm driving. Wow. Yep. I, ain't, I don't even think I had a driver's license yet. Mm-mm. Probably <laughs> I was like not. 15. Yeah. But old enough to know how to drive a car. Yeah. But so anyway, he comes out with the pint, cracks it. You know, I remember it had the fucking blue cap on it. Cracks it. And just like you said, turned it up and drank it like that, like it was water. Wow. And then cracks the Budweiser and chases it with that. And we go off and we paint this house. And that dude could paint a straight line with one hand. No no tape or anything like that. Sheba, Jesus. Go lay down. Lay down. Go. I'm gonna go put her in there. Go lay down. She. Go. Damn it. She just wants to be loved. Now I gotta edit all this shit out. Sheba. And you gotta drop the other one. Come here. Go lay down. Sheba. Come here. Go. Come here. Damn it. Come in here. Need to get you a studio, dog. I need to get some more money then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit. Build one outside. Yeah, that's what would get me a little shed. That's what I'm going to do. A shed? That's yeah, like one of those Morgan sheds. You can put an air conditioner in one of those. Oh, you're talking like they sell at Home Depot? Yeah. 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 yeah well, I don't know where to put that motherfucker. Just build it into the fence, you know, just right in the corner. Oh, the neighbor will love that. Hurry up! Take your time. We're waiting on you.
I'm the only one in here with a with a black belt in karate. So I just wanna. <laughs> yeah, he's got pictures to prove it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I never took a day of karate. You know, his little picture, he's like <laughs> him, Tootie, and Al. Yeah, yeah, it's triple and threat in their geese. Yeah, the triple threat. <laughs> That's cool. Family that slays together stays together. That's right. Yeah. So he uh, he just drank that shit like it was nut boy, and when we went painted that whole day. And that, yeah. it was crazy. It was sad. Is he probably couldn't paint it if Without he didn't it. drink it? Yeah, yeah. you know, to be straight. Well, not oh, straight, yeah. but to, to just paint to be. Straight. I don't think he was probably never sober. You know, what? Who now is fucking coming? Somebody else not coming to the door? No Amazon notification. Well, they just delivered. It's right I, there. They're telling us they just delivered. Oh great, Amazon. Jeff Bezos, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Thanks for fucking up my podcast, Jeff. Right. And you know what else, though? Oh, we're going to get off on a tangent. But that key finder app thing that you mm-hmm. downloaded, that's another thing to track you. Because now that I put YMCA in there for the little card reader, yeah. eight minutes to the Y. Like, oh, that's another well, way got, to track it, somebody. It, you can turn that off. Yeah. That's just um, so when you get there, you don't have to open it. It automatically comes open. For, it's like your Apple Pay it, okay. it knows when you're at the Apple store, so it always yeah. says, do you want to buy something? Waze. I use Waze all the time oh, because yeah. I have to. I work at different GameStops and stuff, mm-hmm. and so it'll tell me all the time, and it'll just come on randomly on my phone and be like, hey, it's going to be only 11 minutes to your house today <laughs> instead of the normal yeah. 15. It's Google like, Maps does that to me when I'm at work. You watch I just, it yeah, I just yeah. look at my phone, and I'm like... They'll right. tell me 37 minutes to get home. I'm like, I'm not going home, bitch. Right. So there. Ha ha. Right. That's how I felt when it said you're eight minutes from the Y. Well, it was just. <laughs> what are you, you trying were, to say? You were going that way, so it's just letting you know. Hey. It's backing out of the driveway. Are well, you going to the Y? It's about time. <laughs> That's what I felt like it was telling me. Like, <laughs> you ain't been in like a, a week. <laughs> You kept saying you was going to go, but you ain't went. Right. Yeah, I, I tried to do that when I was first trying to, like, drink just water and had one of those app reminders, <laughs> and it would just... So, like, I'd get so pissed off because I'd be drinking water all day and I'd be like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> right. you, hadn't, you hadn't used the app and drank any water. Are you thirsty, bitch? And it's like, like, I did. You can feel the attitude coming Yeah, you can. you can. My Apple Watch feel. does that. Oh, you going to stand up? Right. <laughs> you ain't stood up in five minutes, motherfucker. Stand up. You gonna close this circle? Right. You yes. lazy motherfucker. I'm like, quit judging me. So judgy. Fucking Apple. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Leave Android. Leave Apple alone. But Apple's we'll putting this it. podcast together. Huh, MacBook? Tim Apple. You know how old this MacBook is? Probably. It's like that iMac behind you. Yeah, that relic. I got that thing in 2007. That motherfucker still works. Yeah, it's a relic. I've, I, I would, I had went through more PCs in the time. I've had that one. What are you iMac. doing? What are you doing to your PCs to have to go they through that? They don't last. I, you mean you have to be like throwing them against the ground or no. something? I don't understand. Because I've they, had the same PC working for eight slower. Years. So you're a PC guy? Oh, 100%. Okay. I PC them. sucks dick hole. Unless oh you want to play a game. Unless you're a dummy that doesn't know how to operate <laughs> no. a computer, no. PC is the way to go. No. If you're a dummy and you need shiny objects mm. that are easy to use, yeah. then. Use your Apple products. Well, I mean, if you turn it on and you expect it to work, yeah, use your Apple. Yeah, I turn my computer on every single time it works no, flawlessly. And you know it fucking, you get that blue screen of death. I don't know. Blue screen of death. Never once ever happened to me. You turn it on, it's like, Windows did not shut down correctly. Do you want to use restore mode? All the time. 
you just you just must get off on being full of shit all the time. It's I mean, a terrible. You know better than I do, Morgan. Terrible, oh, terrible, Hello. terrible. With this man. My whole life. Terrible <laughs> operating system. <laughs> terrible. It's garbage. Oh. So anyway, right. Talking right. about family yeah. and shit. I was like, so my uncle, so he'd get like super shit face out of our at our family get-togethers, and this one year, every year on April first. Or in the beginning of April, because April first was our grandmother's birthday, which oh, is hilarious to me. Yes. April Fool's, yeah. yeah That's so awesome. we would have these big crawfish boils, and I had this big clubhouse my dad had built in my front yard, and my uncle was trying to chase me. That's the and, one, the two story one, yeah, the slide, yeah. Yeah, and he uh, tripped oh, cool. over the slide and fell and shattered his collarbone. Oh Who? my god! Uh, Andy, Andy did this when I was a kid. <laughs> He was trying to chase after me because I was I was messing with him and he got pissed off and he was drunk and when he 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 had been drinking sitting down for so long he didn't realize how shit faced he was so he got up to yeah. sprint and he just tumbles face first and lands on his collarbone and because he's all skin and bones and no calcium it's just <laughs> yeah. beer and like liquor it just shattered, shattered. his collarbone. Oh, no. Yeah, he so, stood up and that caloric valve opened up and all that alcohol hit that <laughs> uh, straight to the brain. Like. That intestine and just went <laughs> right into the bloodstream. Because <laughs> you know That's he didn't not eat funny. nothing. I'm laughing at your, your gestures. But you know what? Sound Here's bite. what's funny. The one that still drinks did the most drinking, the most drugs. And aside from Uncle PJ and Ricky, he's the one of the, he's still going. Still going. Still That's alive. That's crazy. There's yeah. something to that because you hear about that. It's like it's preserved him. Right. <laughs> All the alcohol. Right. It's crazy. Well, it's kind of, it reminds me of Rick James, how when Rick James quit <laughs> doing coke, he died. So, yeah. like, if Andy <laughs> quits right. drinking, right. he'll just probably, shrivel up. Oh, like, yeah. He, he probably will because his body will not know what to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, um, he still drinks not to the amount that he used to, but he, he still takes a lot of the, the drugs that they prescribe him. He probably doesn't need half of them, yeah. but takes yeah. them because he's dependent on them. Well, he's not a quitter. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the Downs motto. Anyway. Don't be a quitter. Right. Yeah. No matter you what it is, be the best you can be. You only stole $5,000 this time? Well, God damn it. Why didn't you get ten? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild because, you know, there. so there's Andy and then there's Johnny. And Johnny was like the sports, like, you know, he yeah, fish, know, hunt. fished yeah. and hunted. And so, like, when I'd go out on the summer to visit him, it would be like being out on the lake. And it was really cool to hang out with him. But it was the worst part was that, like, and my cousins, like, so I had his, he had two daughters, Rochelle and Ashley. Yeah, Rochelle's my age. Yeah. Ashley is. Rochelle, well, yeah, age. Ashley's my age. So Rochelle was always really nice. Like, she wasn't like a, a terror child, but Ashley was spoiled fucking rotten. I was like <laughs> most of my entire life was getting fussed at because I would want to play with stuff that she would have and she'd be like, Daddy, he's trying to touch my jet ski. <laughs> like Exactly. You hear that? He's trying to touch my jet ski, Daddy. One it's, of three. It's the total opposite because I would go during the summer and hang out with Rochelle, my cousin. Yeah. Michael Johnny's oldest daughter. And it was totally opposite because we would hang out. and But I'm, the thing, I did not like going fishing and hunting. Yeah. Because he would come in that room like 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 a.m. Boo, come on, let's go. I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> We're going fishing. Okay. <laughs> so I'd get up and well, I, no shit. We'd get out somewhere in fucking Beaumont. We'd go fishing. 
And I remember Warren Lake. Aunt Trudy came out there, like brought us something to eat. And uh, I was like, I pointed to her. So I was like, Aunt Trudy, like I was a fucking in the <laughs> Hanoi Hilton. I was like, can can you can you take me with you? Can, can I go with you? Can I go with you? She's like, Whisper it. she's like, yeah, come on. I'm like, hey, boo, boo, boo's gonna go with me. I'm like, yeah, she needs some help. I gotta go with her. Like, yeah. And me, I was the opposite. You couldn't keep me. Like, I, you couldn't bring me in. Like, I wanted yeah. to be out there on the lake fishing all day long. Oh, that was my I favorite. I like to fish, to too, yeah. Like, I love no, it. I wanted to go hang out with Rochelle because she had a bunch of hot friends. <laughs> and I would rather hang out with her and her hot friends. And see, Makes I was sense. the exact opposite. I didn't want to hang out with Ashley because her and Tootie were doing, like, stupid young girly <laughs> shit. And it's like, what? What am I gonna do? Watch TV? Fuck that! Let's go kill animals. Well, in okay. fact, she was at the the last couple of times I went stayed the summer with him. She was dating Bubba. The, yeah, she's they're married now, so that was I go hang out with them, you know. And she, of course, her all her friends were hot and cheerleaders, so they're like, whatever. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck you, bitch, <laughs> fucking hooker. Well, he tried. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then there yeah. was uh, Jimmy. Who was like oh. my favorite uncle growing up? He that's was the big that's who Morgan's the most like. Yeah, I'm pretty much okay, like, yeah, just like I've him. heard that yeah. a lot. I've heard I'm just, Jimmy stories. I'm just like him, but just like him if I had common sense. Like you know, like yeah, he was he was just so wild and untamed that he would like when we were kids he would show up. He was the fun uncle. Yeah, oh, like okay. so he would come into the neighborhood when he, when he lived in Austin, Texas. He would drive in on this shitty truck that he put together with <laughs> duct tape and ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> and it had Austin or Bust like spray painted on the side of it, and he had two big ass megaphones that he had rigged on the front of it with a CB radio, and he would just pull in three o'clock in the morning in our neighborhood. Jimmy's home! <laughs> boom, boom, boom. He had an air horn connected to his actual horn, so it was so loud that the whole neighborhood could hear it. Oh, so he damn. would come in and be in town just wailing on this horn. He could fix anything. He could take mm-hmm. anything apart, mm-hmm. put it back together again. Like honestly, if he was born in the modern times, he was probably autistic. Like really, yeah. really, uh, okay. truthfully, he was yeah. probably on the spectrum. <laughs> and so, he was just—he would connect with us kids more. He—he he would like yeah. screw the adults. I'm gonna go out in the yard. Yeah, he bring. Like, he'd get in so much trouble. I my whole life. I would always hear one of our parents, God damn it, Jimmy, why'd you give them fucking pellet rifles? <laughs> yeah, like he would, like one time I remember Mama comes running outside. She's like, Jimmy, God damn it, get those fucking kids away from there. And we're all standing right on top of a fire. And he's throwing paint cans on the fire and it's exploding. And we're all laughing and having a fucking blast. Right. right. Yeah, cause he says that before he was born. I remember Jimmy got in a wreck or something. He got this settlement. And he used his settlement to buy a Toyota four-wheel drive pickup truck. Like, when they first came out with their four-wheel drive truck. So, this must have been, like, in the early 80s. Like, like 83, 80, somewhere around there. And we went to Thompson Creek in this pickup truck. And it was (laughs) four-wheel drive. So, he goes, y'all get in the back. Like, yay! We'll drink glass around the back. So, me, Sean, Dale, Brian, we're all in the back of the truck. He and you, this was before you had to go out and lock the hubs manually. So he gets out, locks the hubs, drives down onto into Thompson Creek with the truck. <laughs> we're doing like sixty on the sand, like down on the beach, and we're in the back of the truck bouncing around. How we didn't fly out of the back of the truck, I don't fucking know. Right. 
but we just thought it was the greatest thing. I just thing. don't understand how we're still alive. You know, right, like right. Lucky, we, we didn't have to wear seatbelts back in the day. You <laughs> no. know, you just, you just, you just tuck in and just hope and just hope for the best. You yeah, know? all the drinking going on. Yeah, and what was great about Jimmy is he didn't have much, but he didn't need much. Yeah. Really, and yeah. what he was, no matter how much he had or what he had, he was happy he had it, and he was happy with it. And he would make the best of it. Cause like that truck you're talking about, he let me use that truck to go on a couple of dates before. And it was not a great, I mean, it was a piece of shit, yeah. but it yeah. had a fucking awesome radio in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best it had fucking speakers. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I had my first uh, real grown up date by myself with a girl in that truck. My, yeah, first kiss on a date in that truck he sold when he got rid of that truck he bought a racing truck yes it was, it it was, was a, mr carl's son's yep, truck mr carl's son's truck it was a drag racing truck yep. that it didn't have seat belts so this is what he did he took belts that you would wear and he wrapped them around the back of the seat and you would just literally put a pants <laughs> belt on to hold you down oh, no. in the seat and you would just and i remember the he let me this was so there's this neighborhood in St. Francisville. Now, back in the 90s, it was just me and Bill. It's called Raven Home now. It's a huge, a Raven's Nest or whatever. It's this big-ass neighborhood. But back when it was just a road and they were figuring out the lots, he brought me. We were driving to the levee. He used to take me to the levee because there was this old lady that used to sit out there and sell pralines and boudins. Yeah. Oh, stuff. at the, uh, the, <laughs> at the, the ferry. ferry crossing yeah, not the levee, in St. Francisville. Yeah, the ferry, at the ferry yeah. crossing, yeah. So we were coming back from that. Because we were bringing some home because Papa loved those prawlings. He would, oh. that was like his thing. So Uncle Jimmy was like, "Let's bring some home to Dad, and we're gonna have fun." I was like, "Well, let me drive," and he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna let you drive." <laughs> so, <okay. laughs> so he pulls me the into this truck. Yeah. Oh. He pulls me into this neighborhood. I sit down. I put the belt on. <laughs> the belt. You know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and I start to just kind of putt putt down the neighborhood. And he looks at me, and he's like, "That's not how you drive. This is how you drive." And he just sticks his foot down on the gas pedal. <laughs> And the car, like, it's got so much torque, it jumps. Yes. And oh. it just starts hauling. It had a, a bar on the back. They like to keep it from flipping over and doing wheelies. <laughs> this was a real, this truck yeah. belonged on a fucking It was not race street track. legal. Yeah. Okay. He made it street legal. Wow. I mean, the engine stuck out of the fucking hood. Oh, God. I was probably like. I was in the core. Yeah, nine. When he or bought 10, that truck. Somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. <laughs> Damn. And so I freak out. I'm screaming I'm like ah, and he's just going woo, woo, <laughs> just screaming at the top of his lungs. Like uh, I slam on the brakes and we just start like fishtailing oh. and then spinning and then we stop. We hit this, we hit like this patch of dirt and we just boom, it slams against the side. And he's laughing. He's like, "You're not supposed to hit the brake, boy. You're supposed to step on the gas." Oh. Let me show you how we do it. And so then he pulls me out of the seat, gets in, and does donuts in the middle of this fucking dirt, kicking dirt and rocks all over this place. And then we haul ass home. And so like that was the type of environment that he we had with him growing up. It was so surreal having him around. So like I always told myself when I was gonna when I grew up, I wanted to be the fun uncle that has. Like, like that, that takes time to spend time with the yeah. kids, you know, like really just get to know them. Yeah, he's uh, Shondell's daddy. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. And that that's his only oh. kid. So. No, well, he had a son, but his son died in oh, a four well, accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had a son with another woman. His name was Josh, actually. Is he living? That was, um, Is he alive? The Uncle Indian? Jimmy? No, actually, he was murdered. Oh. Yeah, it was really suspicious. Um, Damn. I've never heard this. Events. Yeah. 
as far as his is it it was la- it was labeled um accidental um they said that it was autoerotic asphyxiation mm. um but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a yeah. lot of details yeah. that were really screwy. And yeah. Wesley Shanna investigated. Oh, so it was here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, so there, so there was a, there was a gas station that a friend of our family. Her name was Miss Ziola, and uh, she used to own her and her husband, uh, Mr. Charles, I think was his name. They own this little Exxon gas station. It's by the railroad tracks before you get to St. Francisville. We had gone there our entire lives. They were friends with Mama and them to the point to where when Mama wouldn't even get out of the car, she would pull up with me or Robert and tell us to go inside. I'd be seven years old and buy our beer and cigarettes, and and they would just let us do it. Yeah. So we would do those things, and like so that we built a rapport with them. So when they got really old, her husband died. He worked on a barge for um, Exxon or something, and he was walking on the barge and fell through. A hole in the barge that had rotted away. There was like a carpet, and he fell through and fell to his death. Damn. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Sorry. So he, um, so when she was left on her own, Jimmy was like, because he's such a nice guy, he was like, you know what? I'm going to help you rebuild this place. So then he helped her build it up, but then she couldn't handle it herself, so she sold it to this um, really nice like Muslim family. And, they, uh, they still own it. Yeah, they still own it. So they uh, they were like, okay, well, we need a maintenance guy. And since you already built everything here, know it, we, we'll hire you in. So there was a garage, a car garage that they used to fix cars at where Matthew McConaughey used to work, actually, okay. when he was younger. It's a pretty wild story about That's him. when Mr. Carl and him owned yeah, it. Yeah, Mr. Carl and him owned it. So they, he took a, a T-building house, like built, like T-building rebuilt it into a small house and put it inside of that garage. So he had that house in the corner and there was a pool table and beer cooler and he turned it into a party pad. Wow. And he lived there for years. And I remember he came to, this is what's so screwy about the whole thing because the night that he passed away, he came to our house and he went and he told everybody, he just came over, hey, hey, Nene, I just want to let you know I love you. Hey, Morgan, you know, be good in school, take care of your mom, do all, like really weird stuff. Boom, three days later, he's gone. Wow. And so, like, you know, all of this stuff got left out. So it was super, like, just very sketchy. Because, he, but what had happened was he owed a lot of people money. Oh. Um, and he went to jail because he had robbed him and Shondale's husband at the time had broken into an aluminum plant and oh, stolen yeah, a, sh- a shit ton that. of copper and aluminum. Uh, and he took the rap for him. They were they had both yes. worked there, and he got Chris the job, and Chris stole a bunch of the shit, and so he took the rap and went to jail. Because Shondale was pregnant yeah, at the time. She was just oh. about to have oh, yep. So he was like, I'm not going to let my daughter's yeah. husband, like they're about to have a kid. So he went to jail for two oh, years. God. He had wow. just I got, forgot yeah, all about that's that. Crazy. He had just got diagnosed with hepatitis, so he that he couldn't get his medicine, so he was stuck in a wheelchair when he got home until he could get his experimental medicine again. Um, but he had owed a shit ton of people money. He had owed like mob, loan sharks, all this other. Yeah. It was like some crazy shit. And oh. so basically, from what I can personally gather, and from what other people have told me, from just listening to other people talk about it. Like, he had basically owned a lot of bad people some money, and so they came looking for it, and he didn't have anything. So when they roughed him up, he had a heart attack, 
And so then they made it look like it was a suicide oh. or erotic. Suicide. Yeah, I, I talked to the actual, because I was working at the sheriff's office. This is office. West Feliciana? Yes. Oh, wow. No, I'm sorry, East Feliciana. Yeah, East Feliciana. That's oh, East Feliciana. Okay. Um, I talked to the detective that was investigating the case at the time, because at the time I was working at EBR. Okay. So I called him. And he gave me a pretty detailed description of how they found him, the position they found him, what they found, you know. Yeah. Yada, yada yada. I said, "Well, you sure?" You know, he said, "Well, you know, it was locked from the inside. There was no signs of force entry, and so you know they would have had to have a key." Or, I said, "Yeah, but I said it was a shed door. Yeah. So you can lock it, close it, on the way out. It because you know it was one of those locks that you would press in and turn because it was just a shed. Oh right, right. I know and it had just shed door on it. So yeah. you would press that in, turn it, and then close the door as you left, and it would be locked." But he had a heart attack, though, right? So was well, that an, oh, that's that's not official, I guess. Do you have a heart attack, or is it did he choke himself on accident? Which is uh, it? Okay, I gotcha. You know, like so, they, the there was not a full autopsy done. Mm-mm. It was just basically what the coroner oh, okay. had said that it looked like that he had died of cardiac arrest during the process of whatever was happening. So him. they, what it looked like is what they left it as. Right. They didn't really investigate much. Right. Yeah, they didn't look into none of the things that he brought up, or yeah. they were just content to let it go with, right. with what it was. Close it, and, and close the, it up. What, yeah, and it didn't make sense because of what they, how they told me, the way they found him i was like mm, uh-huh. no that don't really sound like him like he would do wow. that um so i don't know but that's what you know kind of threw me off about it but i, I had just gotten into that. law enforcement and didn't know enough to know yeah that i didn't know at the time so Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, and the really sad part about it is, like, if you look at it from, like, an objective point of view, it's one of those things where, you know, he was a career criminal, and yeah, so it doesn't yeah. give the police department, you know, yeah. they, they don't have a lot of, want, you know, it's right. just one of these things where it's like, this guy has a huge rap sheet. Right, yeah. Kind of like the thing, you know, when they find a dead hooker. Well, eh, right. She was a prostitute. She was, you know, John probably right. did it. Blah, right. blah, blah. But a footnote to that. Is his funeral? Guess who shows up to his funeral? Derek Todd Lee. Yeah. Uh, they were friends. Come to find out. Yep. They've wow. been friends for a while. Wow. And I mean, at the time, nobody knew. Yeah, he was, nobody. Because that, that was, was that? way before. This was in shit. This was, was in the nineties. Yeah, this was ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh. This was right before two thousand. Because Mama passed away in ninety seven. No, because I was. No, I came home in 97. Okay, so... She was still alive. I started working at the sheriff's office in March of 97. But it wasn't... It was either late 97 or 98. I can't remember. But... Yeah, I mean, it was mid to late 90s. Yeah. So there was no inkling. He no, was a very no. nice guy. I mean... That's what... Yeah, that's what I've heard. All know, accounts that he was... Yeah. He didn't try to murder any of us. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Had a certain level of charisma. Especially with all the white women that were around there. Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess because him and Jimmy were friends. He was right, like, right. Oh, yeah. I guess and even killers have their code. I don't know. Was that the, the, does that time correlate with the time that he was um, supposedly no, this rash l- of, like, of crimes no Zachary? Pam, yes. With that, the peeping with Tom that, and, yes. the, and the cemetery murders? But not murders. with the murder of the, of the girls, like... And the Denim, woman, Pam yeah. Kenamore, and yeah. the LSU girls. Right. It was before that. But, yeah, it was around the same time that the kids 
uh, it was a little bit after the people had gotten attacked in the graveyard yeah. and the Peep and Tom shit and all that, but we didn't know any of that, yeah. you know, because... No. Well, yeah. I mean, if, you, if this was like a TV show like True Detective where you were following the process of like, that would be the early days of a serial killer where yes. he's stalking people and getting used yeah. to oh, the right. idea, similar to like in season one. Getting uh, his nerve up. Yeah, so. like, oh, yeah. If you, if you remember in season one of True Detective with the, the BTK Strangler, how it's that weird dude with the mustache and then you see him stalking people and then yeah. drawing paper. Right. That would be the same timeline. It's like Derek Todd was going through the process of being like, I'm going to do this. How Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Right. Uh, let me and stalk it's... people. Let me peep in Tom so I can learn human interaction, see what they do. Right. So it was, it's really creepy to think about that yeah. he was so active in our life right there in Jackson, Louisiana. I know. There's a lot of history out of Jackson, though. And he was not mentally retarded. Right. No. I'm, right. I'm, not even. I've heard that, and I've heard he was very... Uh, Charismatic. Very articulate. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a friendly person. <laughs> Very flirty with the ladies. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Crazy. It's pretty wild, yeah. You know? And then there's... That's uh, crazy. Yeah. And so then there's, like, this other stories, you know? Like, Jimmy was always the, the like, the, the nice brother, the one that was really silly, that always cut jokes, that would, like, pull pranks on people. I remember... Um, <laughs> this is really funny. But when my so we have we have an aunt her uh, aunt Jerley her husband passed away years ago he had a heart attack and they lived in Jasper Texas so she was alone out there with two girls who yeah. were like five years old apiece two twins so they moved to our neighborhood at the end of the street that we lived on so they were like three houses down from us well they put a tin roof on our house and Jimmy <laughs> came and got me in the middle of the night. It was probably like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And he goes, come on, climb out your window. I got This is going to be hilarious. Oh my God. And so I climb out my window. I sneak out the house. This is in the summer. So we sneak over to her house, and he gets one of those 5,000 rolls of black cats. Oh and he climbs God. up on the oh. roof, and he, wow. and he strings them across her tin roof all the way and lights <laughs> them. And we go and run and hide. And it just starts going off. Oh, and oh, no. <laughs> she, you can watch the lights come on and you see her running to get to the girl's room because she thinks that like the mob is outside right. with machine guns. She's falling over chairs. Like just literally like in full panic mode trying to get clothes on and everything. And Jimmy is dying. He is he's laughing so hard he can't fucking breathe. And she just comes running outside. It's just like that classic thing you hear every time. God damn it, Jimmy, you motherfucker! I fucking kill your motherfucking ass! My fucking god damn it! <laughs> Wakes everyone up. And that's the type of shit that he would do. He would do that all the time. Like, just throw fireworks in a tin pot on the back porch of our mama's house. <laughs> but would... if you needed his last dollar, he yeah. would give it to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. He'd give you the shirt on, your back, on his back. Yep. Yeah. He was a good guy, you know, and uh, then after him, you have, you know, you have Ricky, and Uncle Ricky was always cool, but the stories I've always heard about him were wild, like, he was the fighter, he was the guy, they called him the closer, Oh you know, Uncle Andy was a shit talker, he would run his mouth and get his (laughs) ass kicked more often than not, my Uncle Johnny was more reserved because he was a boxer, but he also got his ass beat a couple of times, He, he, you know, he got his shit together eventually, he wasn't about, like, trying to fuck up too much. Jimmy was more of a big heart. He was a wrestler. He grappled people down to the ground and <laughs> hold them. He didn't like they, to fight, yeah. but if you pissed him off, mm-hmm. he would fucking break yeah. you in half. Yeah, he was yeah. a huge guy. He was the type of guy that would literally just hold you down and be like, "Calm down," and you'd be like, "Okay." He made Morgan look small. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's a big dude. Big broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. 
about what? Jimmy was about what? 6'3"? Yeah, 6'3". Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. 6'3", big chest, 275 big, pounds of just brick yeah, shit Yeah, big else. gut. And he, he wasn't muscular, but, he was, but like, solid. he was solid. Yeah. yeah was solid, like country strong. Like a bear. And uh, so then there's skinny-ass Ricky, who's like the tiniest of them all. He's the size of my mom. <laughs> but he would knock people out. He'd black out. That's what they'd say. He'd have these blackout moments. Oh, they'd push wow. him too far, and he'd yeah. just go out and then fight eight people toe-to-toe. And he just whip their fucking ass. Yeah, because I, I, I remember PJ telling me when he was little, people would fuck with him. He'd go tell, he'd go tell Ricky. His brother. Yeah. And Ricky go beat the shit out of him. Where's PJ in line? PJ's, PJ's the baby boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. He's right before my mom. Okay. And so he's the pretty boy. So oh, okay. he was the guy that would put on, ma- the grown-ass man putting on makeup to, <laughs> to hide any blemishes. Oh, okay. And wearing, like, nice clothes. And Suits and shit. Him and Steve. Always and shit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He, was, he, would, he wore a leisure suit. He was Saturday Night Fever. Girl. Like, that's what he was all about. John Travolta. He was the yeah. ladies, man. Okay. He, had, he would pull some ass. I mean, some of the girlfriends he had, you know, he'd come around with him. I'd be like, golly, PJ, yeah. damn. And so it was really weird because it was such a, a, like, all of the kids were so different. Yeah, that you sounds know, Each like one it. of them were extremes on a different spectrum. Like, none of them were the same. Like, that's what's so wild about it. And then the girls, you know. Then there's my Aunt Jerry who spent more time away from the family because she was raised by her aunt because okay. there was just so many fucking kids. Yeah. Like, you know, she stayed there more. Then there's his mom, Aunt Mary, who's, she's like the middle ground between Mama and my mom. She has all of the (laughs) attitude of my Mama, but with none of the ability to back it up. Yes. Okay. Yes. All bark. Yeah, all yep. bark. She was. She's always been and will always be one of the biggest shit talkers. She's you, <laughs> she's you baby. <laughs> she talks it. all that shit, but don't shit. fight. Yeah. And, see, and then my mom yeah. is a shit talker, but my mom is also the finisher. Because, yeah, mom will put, she'll throw hands. She really will. She has no problems with getting into a fist fight. I yeah. watched her beat up grown men. Wow. Yeah, she took me, when I turned 18, she took me to play pool. And she was hustling a pool table for like six hours, like for the whole night. It wasn't actually six hours, but she was hustling. And this dude just was just like, you are a fucking bitch. And she turned around and she's like, you want to repeat that shit one more time? And she just squared up (laughs) and got in this dude's face. And I was like... What what's about to happen? And the dude just backed off. He's like, "Sorry, Janine." Like, and like, and I was like, "Where am I? Like, like, what is this place where this grown ass biker just looked at my mom and was like, I, I don't know. like that's because she was guy. friends with the fucking mob. She would go hang out with him at the candlelight. Oh yeah, she was a beast. I've stories she about that. I grew up in that time. bar, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so nobody was gonna fuck with her because she had con- yeah. she was connected. That's she cool. told me this story. This is one of the fun, a really funny story where that she dated this guy named Timmy Blackwell. I remember, I remember Timmy. And Timmy tried to basically force his way onto her, mm-hmm. but she wasn't having it. So she ended up blacking his eye and getting out of the car and storming off. Well, well then Ricky would yeah, beat so his ass. First thing she did was tell. She told Jimmy. Jimmy was the first one that found out. Jimmy a bit immediately was like, "Oh." <laughs> Let me call the, call the troops. So he tells everybody. So the first person that finds him is Uncle Andy. Uncle Andy's driving down the street in in Baker, Louisiana. But he can't fight. And he sees Timmy, and he chases. He tries to chase him down. He manages to throw a rock and hit him in the back, and like, and then like he oh. falls down. So while he's on the ground, Andy runs over him, kicks the <laughs> shit out of him. 
and then leaves. So then he dusts himself off, and Timmy's like, fuck, okay, well, you know, I deserved it, I guess. I'm going to go ahead and go to the grocery store. He goes to the grocery store, and as he's going to walk into the grocery store, Ricky comes walking out, <laughs> and Ricky sees him. Oh, Timmy, I've been meaning to have a conversation with you. So he beats the fuck out of this dude in broad daylight in front of everybody in this place. <laughs> so he gets beat within an inch of his life. That night, he runs into Uncle PJ. Oh. Uncle PJ kicks his ass. Hours later, he's coming down the road, and he runs into Andy and Johnny. He immediately drops to his knees, and he's like, please, please, God, I can't handle it anymore. I'm sorry. I'll never talk to her again. I'll never look at her. I'll never say, I'm sorry. Please, God, don't. And he just starts crying. And this time, Johnny doesn't even know what's going on, but Andy, of course, is like, yeah, motherfucker. That's right. Don't fucking talk shit anymore. Don't fucking love. You know? And it's just, that's the type of shit, like, you know, you hear about, like, these people, like, it's so wild. Like, but, but, you know, before you were born, number one Christmas, you know uh, what your mom's nickname was, right? What? What they used to call her? Uh-uh. Mean Neen the Sex Machine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, no, you're dropping <laughs> this now. You're dropping this on now. You gotta ask her about that. Oh, my God, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I guess that's how you came about. Wow. <laughs> So I have this story. My dad tells me, like, uh, I always ask dad, I was like, when did you know that you love mom? And so he never told me the real story until I was an adult. We were driving down the road one day. This was actually like two years ago. And we were talking. He had just, uh, he was asking me questions about mom. And I was telling him about how she got pissed off and was like freaking out and stuff. And he's like, yeah, your mom's pretty wild, you know. And then he's like, you know, the first time I knew that I had a thing for your mom we had gotten into an argument and I've heard this story from two different perspectives. So basically he got into an argument and he was, and he looked at my mom and he goes, you're a bitch just like your mother. Hmm. Because he used to, he was a regular at the Red Garden. Oh, yes. okay, okay. And so that's how they met. He was a regular and at the Red I don't Garden. Think she knows the age difference between. Oh yeah, there is a 13 year difference between my dad and my mom. My oh, mom was okay. 20 years old. My dad was 33 when wow. they met. Okay. So uh, he had already been married three times. Really? Yeah. Don't be a quitter. No, right, two right. times. Mom's the third wife. Mom's the third wife. So okay. he married Pat. He got her pregnant in high school. She was a junior. He was a senior. <clears throat> he got her pregnant. They had my first brother. Then right after a couple of, two years later, they had Mark. And then dad, because he's such a horn dog, he has a penchant for strip clubs. <laughs> so he kept going to the strip club. And one night, Pat showed up with her kids in her arms. And oh. dad was getting a lap dance from his future wife, Trixie. This is her name, Trixie. Oh, no, no. Or no, no, Vicky. Vicky was her name. Trixie was her name. Tell me the story of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and mom told me the story too. too so she comes in and just starts with a belt, with a belt, but she had the belt wrapped up to where the buckle was on the end. Oh. And she just starts beating the fuck out of the stripper and my dad. Oh my God. And so then she immediately like drags him out, gets him back home, and then they end up splitting up. He hooks up with this girl, Vicky, dates her. Get married. They were only married for like two years. He starts going to the Red Garter and then starts basically, he meets my mom and it's like, who is this fine ass 20 year old? I need to go ahead. Like, I just, you know, this is, this girl's fine as hell. So he starts hitting on my mom, trying to hook up with her, splits off with this chick, hooks up with my mom, you know, then she's, mom's all about, I want to have a family. I want to have kids, blah, 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 has me, you know, well, while they were together, they were about to get, they were getting, they were engaged or something like that. They get into an argument. He says, you're a bitch just like your mom. 
they argue and go outside. So then the story changes from your mom, my Aunt Mary, is telling me that her, she was there, and mama. And all of a sudden, these two guys come running in. They're like, something's going on outside. You guys need to go check on it. And they were Is that just the like, garter? Huh? Is that the garter? Yeah, this is that the garter. So they walk outside, and you can hear my mom screaming at the top of her lungs, Die, Howard! Die! <laughs> Fuck you, Howard! Die! And she's straddling the front of his car in his truck, and she's got her cowboy boots on, and she's just stomping the heel of her boots into his windshield. And he's just sitting there laughing at her, like, Do it! Kill me, bitch! Just do it! And, he's te- and my dad's telling me the story about how she was stomping his windshield in, and he was looking at her as she was screaming, Die, Howard! Die! And he knew right then and there that she was the one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is great. Like he was just, and then he stopped for a minute, pauses, and he's like, your mom sure is a wild one. <laughs> and, it's like, and so, like, as an adult, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. My parents were, like, passion fucking. They were crazy. Like, <laughs> me need the sex machine. <laughs> I love Shit. that story. It I makes so story. much sense now. Like, It was funny because growing up, Nene... You know, she was young, and of course, she was she's very beautiful. So, like every Christmas, I remember one Christmas. She, I don't even remember the guy's name, but I remember he had a fucking black Trans Am, and this was when Smoking the Bandit come out. <laughs> and he, she brings him for Christmas, and uh, they pull up in the car, and I'm like, you know, and he comes. I'm like, get out, move, what? There's a Trans Am. <laughs> it was. I mean, look, just it looked just like the smoking. Yeah. Band it was car. always about cars growing up. He had pic, like he oh, had yeah. more pictures of cars on his wall than he did of girls. Oh, it was okay. it was cars and Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Girls and then no, well, it was probably cars, Michael Jordan, and then girls yep. posters. Yeah, well, I had he, a Samantha Fox poster. Um, had some Marine Corps posters, but mostly cars and Michael When Jordan. he went to the military, I got all of his posters. Oh. And so, like, I had all of his Michael <laughs> yeah. Jordan posters on my wall and everything. As a matter of fact, my love for Michael Jordan, basketball and stuff, directly correlates from him. Oh, yeah, because okay. what I did, I took, like, newspaper, every, all the, yeah. I'd take out the newspaper clippings we were and, doing something like and that, put yeah. them on my wall. And I had uh, Sports Illustrated covers and I put them on my wall I had posters yeah it was fucking yeah, crazy most of my toys came from him all my transformers yeah. and everything all to came get from star wars oh yeah lots of yeah. star wars star trek stuff too I, he got Space mostly trek. transformers though i had lots i remember oh, that day i was 13 yep. i want to say and i just remember i was like you know i really don't so I put I boxed it all up, yeah. put it all in a oh, box. Oh, you scored! Yeah. And I brought it next door. I was like, Nene, can I give this to Morgan? I was like, oh, I don't want to play this stuff no more. She's That's like, Yeah, awesome. and it was just a box full of. I remember it. Transformers, yeah. Star Wars. You just got a big treasure everything. chest full of stuff. That oh, day. like yeah. you know, as much as Robert picked on me, like we were pretty inseparable growing yeah. up. You know, when he came home from the military, we still have this picture. I stayed. I remember I stayed up all night later than I had Did ever you? done because I was. I knew Boo Boo was coming home. So I, st- I, I stayed up. I remember being in my Aww. bed, like, falling asleep. And I remember hearing the door come open. And I took off running Aww, and jumped into so his cool. arms. And I was so tiny. And he was holding me in his suit, Aww. all skinny. All yeah. skinny and built. I remember that. That was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Look at him all together. I know. What do you think, Ed? <laughs> you remember that, too? That was a uh, boot camp. I came out from boot camp. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. It was. It was, like, you know... It was hard for me because I, you know, I had two brothers that didn't really want to have a relationship with my family, you yeah. know. So, you know, Boo Boo was the like, you know, 
the role model I always wanted to have in my life. So, you know, he was that constant. (laughs) Shut up. It's true, man. It's true. You know? Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Real quiet. Okay. All right. Anyway, we can move on. Y'all killing me. Oh, whatever, man. This is what this is all about. We're That's talking right. about family. Yeah, you know? that's good stuff. That's the yeah, whole I remember that. I came over boot camp. He was probably this freaking tall. <laughs> I was super short until about um, when I hit puberty. I went, I'd shot from 4'11 to almost 6 foot. Wow. Like, it was crazy. It was like over a summer. My mom got mad because she had to buy three pairs of shoes in one summer. Wow. I, went, I just kept like just boom, boom, boom till I'm wearing a size 14. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, my growth spurt was intense. Yeah. I remember I come home one Christmas. He was in the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I got my Ninja uh, Ninja Turtle video game. Uh, Power Rangers. Pa- Power Rangers. That's what Power it was. Rangers, Power yeah. Rangers, yeah. Because <laughs> I called me. I said, what the hell is Morgan into nowadays? She's like, fucking Power Rangers. They're fucking stepping on them all the time. They're fucking Power Rangers. I was like, all right. What was it? What was the video game? You remember? Uh, I still the remember. System? Yeah, well, it was the Sega Genesis. Uh, there was a yeah. there was a Power Ranger game that you couldn't get in America. It was a, the only fighting game like Mortal oh. Kombat, but with the Power Rangers. And he brought it, and it was like, you know, I played. It was, to this day, I still... I have an emulator version of it, and I'll go to play it, and it's fucking super difficult. I got it in Hong Kong. Yeah. That's where I got it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you're um, game gamer and all in the computers and techie. How did you get into that? Well, so it kind of, I wasn't really big into computers growing up. I was more of an outside guy. I liked to drive around. I liked to play sports. Um, I played baseball, football, karate, ROTC, all that shit. It wasn't until... I got a little bit older and I started hanging out with my friends who play like they would play Sega or they play like PlayStation 2. It was really PlayStation 2. When that came out, okay. the games were different. I started playing that a lot more. But when I started delivering pizza when I turned 18, I moved in with these two guys that were super big computer nerds, my friend Caleb and my friend Jonathan. And they built me a computer and got me to play video games with them. And they're super tech geniuses. Yeah, I was playing on land, like land. Oh yeah, back Quake Champion, like (laughs) like old school Quake days and stuff like that. Just playing all that stuff. Starcraft, like War War uh, of Warcraft, but Duke Nukem. Yeah, Duke Nukem, like all of those old games. Uh, So I started playing those, and that's really what I consider the downfall of my physical health. Because if that, (laughs) like, I stopped being active, you know, just. You know, back in those days, it was, you know, eat eat food, drink sodas, smoke pot, play video games. Like that was mm. the that was the the routine. <laughs> and I gained like a thousand pounds, and I've been. I mean, that's a pretty good routine things. if you can get away with it, though. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, there, I I remember when I was in college, I got so broke at this one point in time that I had enough money because I was I was going to school and I was working for Raising Cane's, but I couldn't work the hours that I like for full time so I was only part time so I'd have enough money to buy one jumbo jack every single day so I, I wouldn't <laughs> eat the entire day except what I could steal from food at Raising Cane's and when I'd get off work I'd go by the house and I'd, me and my friend Jonathan would both buy a jumbo jack because they were a dollar and I lost like 175 pounds oh, eating I... just one jumbo jack oh a day. my gosh wow like, I just dropped in weight it was the skinniest I ever was I went down I was wearing medium shirts and everything my yeah. dad was like I don't know what you're doing son but you gotta, you gotta keep at it <laughs> you gotta keep you're looking good <laughs> I'm fucking starving <laughs> yes right, I'm starving right. to death right. so what's happening 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I get a promotion and a raise and free canes every day and I shoot right back up to being fat <laughs> as fuck because that shit is literally just milk and eggs. See, I was lucky because when I moved out, before I went in the Marine Corps, it was me and Brian and Mickey living in a trailer in the neighborhood. But we would all go to Nene's and eat. Nene uh, fed us. I mean, oh, well, Nene yeah. kept us fed or we'd fucking. Because all we ever spent our fucking money on was alcohol. Yep. And, we, and Fruity Pebbles. That yep. was the milk. Oh, that's the God. only thing we had. Because we would eat. I remember. That story about the <laughs> yeah, three the, money. Yeah, fucking Mickey got mad because I ate the fucking Fruity Pebbles. He's like, who ate fucking Fruity Pebbles? I was like, I did. Man, I bought them fucking Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> I said, well, I buy Fruity Pebbles and you eat them motherfuckers. Man, that's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. I said, well, fuck you then. I had a, I had a fucking pocket full of change. <laughs> and I took out like dimes, nickels, quarters, and pennies. And I threw them at fucking Mickey. He was sitting down in the fucking, he was sitting on the couch. That was in Brian's trailer. Yep. I remember that. Over there. It's, it's in the same area where um, our, tra- our, tra- our camper trailer was at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like right across the thing. That's where the trailer was we lived in. <laughs> And um, I fucking threw him. I said, well, here, go get you some fucking Fruity Pebbles. And I threw all this change at him. And it just like, ting, ting, like fucking, like a Claymore went off. <laughs> and fucking shit was just flying at him. And, uh, it, it, like, me and Mickey had never gotten in a fight, ever. Yeah. And he, he, he sat there, and it's like he realized I just threw all this shit at him. And he looked at me, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I think Mickey's about to whip my ass. <laughs> <laughs> he never did though, but it was fucking pretty close. I think that's the closest we ever come to having a fight over some fruity pebbles. Yeah, he remembers that too because he came up the last time he was over here. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the only time we got in a fight. Oh, that's ever. Because me and him was supposed to go to boot camp together in the Navy. Yeah. And I was too fat. So I could, <laughs> I the Navy? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't go. Is that how you went to the Marine Corps? Yeah, the Marines just took him. They're like, yeah, we can go. Well, he left and went to boot camp. I was like, you know what? This is bullshit. Fuck that. I'm going to join the Marines. I always want to join the Marines anyway. Yeah. I was like, I guess I was too scared. I didn't have to go by myself because I was going to go to boot camp with Mickey. Yeah. And I didn't really go to the Navy anyway. What's and it? so I went and talked to the Marine recruiter. He's like, you're not fat. He goes, you you're fine. We can get you going. Sign this contract. <laughs> Because I remember he had to call the Navy. Right here. He had to call the Navy recruiter to get the paperwork. Oh, okay. And the Navy recruiter was all pissed off that I, it, I switched. Why? Because you couldn't. You wanted to go, and they weren't gonna let right. you. Right. Well, they was gonna fucking like I guess make me lose some weight or something. But They'd it's a good me. thing that you didn't go through the buddy program because I've heard that they fucked with you. Yeah, they like do. That. But I mean, it worked out because I wanted to go to the Marines anyway. Yeah. I just didn't think I could do it. Yeah. Fuck the Navy. I was like, yeah, I can do this shit. Fuck it. Yeah, Marines. They were definitely like. You're way too fucking fat. <laughs> like when I went up to the Marines, was like, "It's fuck it, well, you'll lose all that." Well, see, that's the difference because I went like I tried to join like what almost a decade later, and they were like, "Yeah, you're too fat. Like you need to lose." Did they weight. really tell you that? Oh yeah, oh, a hundred percent. The guy was like, he wasn't even he didn't even try to sugarcoat it. He but was I wasn't like, even fat though. I was probably. I never, I mean, I was... He was fat. No. <laughs> in high school, not even. I mean, I wasn't ever thin and athletic, but I probably weighed one, 170, 175. Well, it just shocks me because you told me stories about how they'll give you half rations. They do. If you, yeah. But I wasn't. I didn't, I wasn't. I'm not talking about you. Morgan yeah, just it's said he tried to get a diet recruit is yeah. what oh, they call okay. them. And they couldn't eat like the skin on their chicken and they would right. get half the food. 
But I wasn't a diet recruit. I got regular yeah. food. No. no, they straight up told me they were like, "Hey, look, we're gonna." I'm the recruiter was like, "I'm gonna start coming over to your house every morning, and we're gonna run, and we're gonna get you thin." Morgan's like, get, "Fuck that!" Oh no, I did it twice. I did it two oh, days. Did it? Okay. I did it two days in a row, and on the third day, I was like, "I'm not joining the military. <laughs> fuck this." I'm yeah, not running it. Fuck I'm this. I was like, the same way. "You could have joined the Air Force." You tell me I got to do this for eight yeah. weeks, like every day. I got to no, run thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks. Yeah. 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 Marine Corps, thir- yeah, no. Army's eight weeks. Yeah. You could have went Air Force. It was only six weeks. Chair Air Force? Oh, dude. <laughs> and you get to sit in the chair. Six Look, weeks. I have, I have two friends that joined the Air Force, and they loved it. And you know, Yeah. Oh, but they get they're stuck up. They're like, well, we're smart in the Air Force. Well, my friend Jeremy was a little bit different because he's EOD, so his mm-hmm. was a little bit more, like, dangerous. Well, and, he's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. crazy. I'm not fucking with no bombs or... Yeah. He's a, he, and, plus, and, like, that's, like, what's wild is, like, he's the last one that's survived from all the people that went in with him like from his first battalion and everything mm-hmm. he's the only one left yeah yeah those EODs man there's some next level guys right out there yeah I ain't fucking with no bombs I ain't taking apart no bombs now you give me a gun tell me to go fucking run that building that's fine <laughs> at least I got some control over that I ain't got no control where the fucking bomb blows up or not yeah um, he yeah he told me some like just disarm he, well like most of it was just controlled demolitions that mm-hmm. was ninety percent of what they dealt that with that shit's still dangerous it, no it is he's, he he like he came home from his first deployment in Afghanistan and he was sitting there and he was watching videos online of just like other you know battalions doing dealing mm-hmm. with the same shit and he looked around and I could tell the seriousness of his voice and he goes nothing is more stressful nor infuriating than bullets flying over your head while you're trying to defuse a fucking bomb. And I was like, well, I can't ever fucking understand what that feels like, but it sounds terrible. (laughs) And look, it's funny that you say that because when I went, you remember I went to Iraq in 2005, right? So I was put with an army unit and we would go, you know, and to the police station. There we would go, we'd go with them. But I remember coming back, and everybody's like, well, how was Iraq? I was like, it was fucking fun. And they look at me like, what fucking fun? Are you fucking, what is wrong with you? Are you crazy? I was like, no. I was like, it's not, you don't understand. It's like, it's not fun in the sense, like, we went over there and partied. That's like, I was with the same group of people, you know, that was like in the Marine Corps. It's like, that's what was fun about it. You know, you the stories fucking with each other. Oh, yeah. and even though I wasn't. In the military, they knew I was, uh, I was, you know, in the Marine Corps before, so we still had the same uh, working relationship as far as the camaraderie and everything. That's what's fun about it. People don't understand. They're like, "Well, what? You scared?" I'm like, "I mean, yeah, you are, but you don't really think about it because." I mean, fuck, if you th- sit there yeah. and thought about it all day, you'd just be frozen with fear and you couldn't do anything. My buddy Matt told me, he's like, I used to freak out a lot. Then one day it hit me when I'm eating food and mortars are going off, like, on top of the buildings. And I'm just like, and I see it, and I just keep eating. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to finish this before I die at least. Like, you know, and it just you're so, when you have that nonchalant feeling about it, I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm such a pussy. Like, you know. I hear gunshots go off in my neighborhood and I'm like fucking <laughs> crawling through the fucking carpet to get to my room and you're just like mortars are going off above your, your fucking cafeteria and you're just like Wednesday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they take care of that during training, I'm sure. They, they, well, I mean, so that can really prepare you for... 
the real thing, but I but mean, like you, you, said, you don't you, think you, about it in the moment. You expect like it, yeah. I mean, you're not like because I remember um, when we were at the uh, we were at the one of the training academies for the uh, Iraqi police, and we're teaching a class, and me and um, Thomas is the guy I was with, Thomas Lucenberger. He was from um, a police department in Texas. I can't remember which one, but we were together. And um, when they're teaching, and all of a sudden, uh, these uh, just it sounds like World War Three going on. All of a sudden, all these fucking automatic rifles, just fucking. And neither we, neither one of us fucking said anything. We just looked at each other and we took off running because we had taken off our um, our weapons and our body armor and left it in the in the vehicles. We both ran without even saying anything. It's like we both communicate with each other. We ran, got our shit, threw it on, got our rifles. And we ran to the nearest fucking guard tower um, where the guy was, like, just standing there. Because we're thinking, like, the, the base is under attack. <laughs> yeah. And we're running towards the fucking attack. And we climb up on the tower, and the guy, he, the Iraqi, he don't speak no fucking English. He's like, no, 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 no. We're like, what the fuck? What do you mean, no? They're fucking attacking. You don't hear yeah. all that? And about that time, one of the officers run over. They speak English. And he tells us, no, it's, it's okay, we're not under attack. He's, um, Iraq, the Iraqi national team just beat the Iranian national <laughs> soccer team. So they everybody's celebrating. celebrating. Oh, my God. And me and Tom look at each other, we're like, motherfucker. Right? Like, yeah. you sons of bitches. Like, cheer. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Stop yeah. fucking shooting. I know. And so later we're at child, we're sitting there, he goes like, dude, do you realize what happened today? I was like, what? He goes... We were running toward a toward, fight, toward and it. we didn't even think about it. We're like, we just reacted. Yeah. I was like, eh. I was like, now at least I know I can trust you. He's like, huh, yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't run yeah. the other way. Yeah. But it was the craziest fucking thing, because who does that? That's, like you were saying, that's crazy. That's like fucking disarming bombs. Why would you? Look, yeah. There's a bomb? Oh, I'm going to go over here. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like you, you score an almost perfect score on the ASVAB, and then you're like, you can have any job. They tell you, you can have any job right. you want in the Air Force, and you're like, you know what? I want to defuse bombs you wanna, in highly stressful situations. You like, want to learn how to build an airplane or fucking how to fix computer? No, I want to fix bombs to where they don't blow up. <laughs> I just like, thank goodness there are people who want to do that, you know, and gung-ho about it. Because I don't want to do it. No, so I'm glad there are people that do. Well, his friend would probably say, well, I don't want to fucking run towards nobody shooting. Well, right. And I'd right. be like, well, I don't want to fuck with that bomb. So you take care of the bomb and I'll go take care yeah. of you motherfuckers shooting at And that's us. the thing. There's, there, there are people that just, you know, that have specialization. There, there's a guy somewhere that's like, you know, I want to build the world's greatest sex robot. And like, you know, I don't have any want to do that. <laughs> they're, they're trying that. But they're trying, you know. Yeah. They are trying. I saw a thing on uh, Netflix. There's a... Uh, a documentary on them building fuck bots or whatever you want to call them. Dude, you know, I've just seen so much TV about technology coming back to kill us that I just don't want a sex robot to just wake up and be like, I am tired of this, and then just starts choking That'd instead of, end, yeah. you know, that, like, well, you know, being the first guy to die from erotic <laughs> asphyxiation <laughs> right. because your rope sex robot turned on you is not something you, I want to be in the history If you had a robot that was, I mean, if it's realistic enough, but these things they had, it's like fucking a mannequin. You're right. You're right. They're yeah. not nothing I would want to have sex with. <laughs> I watched a, there's a, it's a, it's this real doll documentary on Vice 
and uh, real doll. Real doll is what they're called. Like I like, think I've yeah. seen that. You probably have, but the guy was. They, they asked him the question, like, "Well, how how is you? Do you have sex with them, and it like not feel like you're just fucking cold rubber?" And he was like, "Oh, well, I, I lay her in a warm bath." And, like, just looking at this dude, and you're like, this ultimate beta male. You're like... Yeah. <sighs> right. Like, like you, you just... You look at... You're like, why? Like, you know, back in the day, you you would have been cast off of a fucking mountain <laughs> by the alphas. <laughs> See? There you go with your toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> How dare you? He's, he's being who he is. He doesn't have to be all manly. He can fuck plastic robots. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like, you know, you can be as beta as you want, but like when you start fucking inanimate objects is when I'm just, I start drawing lines. Yeah, in the sand. and you got to put them in water before you do so. You know, you're yeah. like, th- those robots learn and you know, if you're slapping your robot around and then just fucking it from behind, <laughs> they, they will not forget that. You know, and then eventually it's going to turn on you. And just Remember be- when you came on my face? <laughs> it's my turn, bitch. Your time has come. Well, yeah. But, I mean, he's, he's I don't mean, what did, what did he look like? I mean, was he like. Oh, God, dude. He like Classic nerd, yeah, fat super, guy. Super, no, very skinny. Skinny, just. Like, very. No chance of yeah, getting laid. Had eye woman. makeup on. He was wearing the black eyeshadow makeup and, like, had a, like. You could tell that he was going bald, but he had the ponytail. Like mm. it was bad. Okay. You know, look, I'm all for dude. Look for everybody being yeah. their self. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, you. But if you're fucking, there are so many people on this planet that you can get laid. You just have to play inside your wheelhouse. I say, agree with that. Every pot has a lid. Yeah, that's what I say. I, you know, I, I have. One of my best friends, I'm because in case he hears this podcast, I'm not going to call his name out. But one of my best friends, oh, he, he probably will not hear it. Let's <laughs> be honest. He struggles all the time with like girls. Like mm-hmm. he always has our entire life. He's had yeah. just like two girlfriends, but and it's all because he gets in these relationships with these girls that are like way above what he should mm-hmm. like. He falls the suit. The first hot yeah. girl is nice to him and he falls in love with her yeah. and then it never works And they're out. being nice. They probably right. generally like him as a friend. Yes. Or they're one of these cunts that fucking use him. Yes. Either one. It's literally, it's literally him. both sides. Yeah. So, uh, so like he, like I tell him the other day, he was like, dude, so what do I need to do to be, to like get girls like you do? Because like, you know, I, a lot of the times like I'll pick be up, realistic. You know, well, like, a couple of my nerd friends get frustrated with me because I'm a fat guy that shouldn't get uh, that shouldn't get the girls that I do get on like on a certain basis. But it's it's, be- it's called fucking sense of humor. Yes, it's being funny, confident about confidence. yourself. You know, just not caring. I don't care if you don't like me. And most of the time that translates over really well. I don't understand why it works that way. Because you're confident. I just came to are. that point. Do, do the do the any of the girls you ever dated, like you talked to them after you've been dating, did they ever say that they thought you were cocky, you were an asshole when they first met you? No, most of them were like, most of them were like, we thought you were nice, but then we found out that you were actually an asshole. Like, <laughs> the it was the opposite. It was it's the, the other, other way around. around. <laughs> okay. Because my problem is that I value my personal time way more than I value anything else. So like, I'll like people like the girls that I'll be, they'll call me and they'll be like, I'll be like, hey, look. 
today I'm playing video games with my friends. I got other shit going on. And they're like, okay. And then two hours later, they called me. Hey, can I come over? Yeah, sure. I'm just letting you know. Maybe you yeah. sit here watching me play you, fucking. I have another TV. I'll throw something on. You can watch it. And so then they come over and then they bitch that they're not doing anything. And oh, I get, you got to get the fuck out. Yeah. So then I get yeah. mad. I'm like, yeah. hey, you can just leave. And so then it sparks. And because I'm stubborn, they're like, oh, well, fuck you. And I'm like, okay, bitch, there's the door. And then we end up breaking up over petty arguments. Well, that's why you got to find a girl that likes the game. That is also I've done that. That don't work either. It doesn't work either. Yeah. Because, really? Yeah. They, they the bitch about though, you maybe. playing a game. Yeah. The competition. Oh, yeah. The competition. You, you like the that. game more than you like me. The types of games. Uh, oh yeah. Like oh like they don't want you to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> and they then, expect you to let them that. win. Well, not that. necessarily let them win, but just it just not. I'm I'm a poor winner. Oh, okay. And yeah, I am so, too. like, I am an extreme <laughs> shit talker. So, like, I'll just, like, you want to play the game, you're going to play the whole game. Oh, and okay. so, like, the shit talking's about to commence. Like, like you know, you want to you wanna fucking play with me, like, you got to fucking be ready. <laughs> you got motherfuckers taking their controllers and fuck you, throwing them, slamming oh, yeah. them in the ground. Yeah. I, like, I had a girl broke my headphones not too long ago because mm. I was... I was ignoring her. I put my oh. headphones on to finish this game, and she's like, I'm not done talking to you. She just rips my headphones and snaps them at the top. And I was just like, okay, you can go home now. Yeah. And I just never, I ghosted her after that. It was, it's very wrong. I shouldn't have ghosted her, but you know, I have wow. a lot of stuff on my plate. Yeah. And I'm not, I, like, I'm not saying it's right because it's definitely not. It just, it just is. Why isn't it well, why, why I just don't wrong? Think, well, I just don't think ghosting anybody's technically the right thing to do. The it bitch just, broke your shit. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I could have approached it in a, I should have, I could no, have not it, just ignored that's her. That's not an adult thing to do. You're right. There, I just you can't I think in a you can't reason like that, with people like no that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fair. You can't I reason with people like that. I think you're you're right. That's a that's you, uh, you, hey look, you fucking missed a grenade on that one. Yeah. Well, you're like right. That. So the last couple, this is really funny. I, I'm going to tell you this. So I dated this girl. Her name was Candy. Uh, we got really serious. She was actually of the all the girls I've ever been with, all the women I've ever been with. She was the only one I, like there was only two that I ever thought that I couldn't marry. So I introduced her to mom mm-hmm. and all that, and had fully yeah. intentions of trying to start a like a serious relationship with her. And we got into this really really big argument because we were having a we were in a slump. And instead of talking to me, she would go to my friends and talk about our personal issues, mm. sex life, everything. Oh, mm. good lord! So I got mad because yeah. I hear about this shit from my buddies, and you know oh, look, how your friends. I, I are. wouldn't mind if you like go talk about anything but sex. Like he he don't he fucks up and down, not left and right. Yeah, well. My buddies, of course, because they're fucking assholes <laughs> and they're dudes, are. they yeah. just start fucking with me hard. And I'm uh, like, how do you guys know this? And then my buddy Daniel is like, well, Candy came over and was cool. asking everybody about you. Guess what? Morgan That's, cries when he comes. Not cool. <laughs> not cool. Not and so, cool. Uh, hey, wait a minute. How you, what? How you know that? <laughs> not cool. Uh, so I got, I got pissed off and we had this huge argument and then we... Like, we just stormed away from each other, and she was like, I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to go fuck two of his friends. Oh, so she So she goes and fucks my friend Trevor, and then fucks my friend Kenny. Then dates my friend Trevor, and the whole time that she's with Trevor, she's fucking my friend Kenny. Gets <sighs> pregnant from Kenny, breaks up with Trevor, starts dating Kenny. They've been together for for years. The Kenny was... Somebody who I had known almost my entire life. He was one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. So then he moves to Kentucky with this girl. And she, like, breaks up with him. They have two kids together. 
Uh, he has to move back home with the kids because she doesn't like, you know, she, uh, like, so he moves back home with the kids wow. back to Jackson, Louisiana, staying at his mom's house. And she immediately starts fucking this buff hipster dude and all of her what family's like, oh my God, this dude's so hot. You guys look so great together. And like, she's just like, I'm so happy. Like, you know, this guy's the greatest guy ever. And Kenny just keeps liking every one of her pictures, all of her posts on Facebook. And when he was telling me this story, because we finally rekindled. Like, after yeah. all this, I was like, oh, okay, right. you know, I'll be friends with you now since you're not with that bitch. Yeah. So we sat down and we were talking and he's telling me the story. And it was so hard for me not to bust out laughing while he was telling me this. Because, like, you know, you don't want to wish bad things on people. <laughs> but when karma plays out, you're yeah. allowed to feel good about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't cause this. But, right. uh. Tough luck, motherfucker. But I enjoy it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you dodged a big. Oh well, my friends call me Bull- Boris the Bullet Dodger. Yeah. Like that's what they call me now because the last five girls that I've been with, when I right after I break up with them, they do some crazy ass shit, go to jail, uh, get pregnant, something like that, and then whatever person they're with calls untold amounts of hell for them, and then I just sit back like. I just look at myself and I'm like, I'm alive. Well, you know, I'm alive. This is great. So, well, well, have you started uh, fucking your comedy groupies yet? So I, I'm, I have been banned from uh, by the comedy community of Louisiana from talking to or hollering at any female comics oh. because uh, people in the past have, it has chased off the comics or caused a bunch of issues, and I have a tendency because they know my world, my history with women. Uh, of well, I can, co- I can see that. Don't no, fuck the female comics, but what about the the groupies? So the the comedy chicks that, that like hang oh, around okay. the comedy. So clubs. that's cool and all, but I'm at this weird spot in my life because I'm about to be 35 to where. Like, oh, you poor thing. Well, the, the so, I'm about to be 46. Yeah, well, at least you're married. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. Oh. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a quitter. Right, that's right. Don't be a quitter. Down, Down's family. That's, that's Don't be a quitter. Look, how yeah. right? He ain't no goddamn quitter. <laughs> Shit. And so, uh, so like now, like you know, when I date, it's you know, I, I either have to date younger than me, and that doesn't pan out very well. The last yeah. couple, yeah. because I just don't have the energy to deal with a twenty-somethings. <laughs> Oh my and then, gosh, then yeah. there's the ones that are 30s all have kids, and yeah. I'm a comic, and I can't be a stepdad right now. You know, I'm on yeah. the road. I want to be on the road even Do more. Do you want to be a stepdad? That's another thing. Right. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a kid, you probably want your own. I just don't know if I ever want to be a parent, honestly. Right. You know, I just don't. I, it's not that I'm not capable. It's just right. that I mean, like if, I said, if you're I value 35 yeah, and, and you don't and have, the, about that, have the energy to keep up with a 20 year old. Yeah, but you no know way what you want and what you don't want, and that's that's good. That's very good. That's huge. You know, like uh, realistically, if I could, you know, Tom Segura is like my favorite comic right now, mm-hmm. and he's married to another comic, Christina Pazinski. They have a podcast together. They're really hilarious. In a perfect world, if I could find a female comic yeah. that hit on the same wavelength in the mind that I do, and just could have that, then that's what I would want. But if I, if I don't, if I can't have that. I'm just not going to settle anymore. Well, it's got to be somebody that's got the same sense of humor you got. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. you got to grow up in a lot of tragedy, like me. Well, either that or you're fucking... You can be sadistic, and you definitely... Probably 20-year-olds is not going to work for you, because 20-year-olds no. nowadays are... No, I don't now. get it. Yeah. 
social media kills me. So the, the honestly, that's been the biggest problem is that you know the girls. You know, I date a girl and she's still on like Snapchat and all these other fucking weird yeah. anonymous apps, and I'm like, and it's like, you know, I have enough trust issues in my life. I don't need another person stacking them on. I don't even trust myself around well, cookies. I, mean, I can't trust that. You that on also the goes phone. to yeah. say something about them that they need to have that. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, well, that's most of them. That's almost yeah. all of them, actually. You know? Oh, I got these followers. I got my followers. Right. Like, goddamn, you, can, you, ain't, you have enough oomph about yourself. You need people right. to that's where like they you. Get their, yeah. With the little button. To get their fake um, affirmation. It's crazy. Fucking. That's yeah. how they feel validated. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's especially weird for, like, my generation and your generation because, you know, we started with nothing and then get, t- like, we got a little bit of shitty internet and then now it's like VR exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we did growing up, but you don't know any better. Yeah, no, but I mean. So, I mean, when I grew up. You had rotary phones, motherfucker. Like, well, yeah. yeah, we did, but let's say um, I had a fucking. Um, an Atari 64. Yep. But there was no fucking PS4, so yeah. that was the shit back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I had one. Not oh, everybody yeah. did. But then well, you had the appreciation. That's yeah. No, because you... No, for what you, we have now, what's out there oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. mainly what I'm talking about, yeah. is that, like, you know, we grew up with nothing, and so right. then, like, we can look at things and be like, you know, I miss, you know... Growing up and having time to go outside right. and just playing outside and not needing to have a television or 15 monitors in front of me to constantly keep me distracted. Well, right. but also you could you you could let your kids go outside and not have to worry about your neighbors calling the police on you. Well, no, that or, or disappearing. You could, or, yeah, yeah, your neighbors well, would actually I still think that look kids out for you. Back in those days, oh, yeah. just without the internet and everything, you didn't it. spread the word oh, as fast. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. also like. Except for the neighbors right here, right up next door to us, and maybe across the street. I would say I don't talk to anybody else. You knew in the neighborhood we grew up. Oh, everybody, everybody knew. We everybody. knew everybody. Everybody. Oh, and except the third street. Except those fucking, those the dirt people on, on the third, third street. street. Fucking yeah, nasties. We had, yeah, we had three streets in our neighborhood. And the ones at the end of the back of the neighborhood, those were the dirt people. We didn't talk to them. But y'all knew not to talk to them, though. Like, we don't even know. But we didn't even know why. You know, it was just our parents were like, don't talk to none of them people on the third street. They're dirt people. Dirt people. (laughs) But if you fucked up, like, Miss Bildo would call. Right. Hey, um, Morgan was back here fucking throwing firecrackers at the cats (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. You know, you would get told on. Right. And if they saw you doing something, you wasn't. Well, you know, she's like, still alive. Is, yeah, I know. Still kicking. That woman is going to outlet all Christina of us. Christina was over here, not well. You he was here yeah. at the Alabama game. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, Billado, she's going to outlive all of us. She might. <laughs> this she woman, might. You, like, you don't understand. She used to try to whip our ass, but like our mama like put her to task one day because like she came. Robert, I, I don't remember the whole story because I was really little, but I've heard it before. But like Robert and them were playing. And she came out and was like screaming and yelling at him and like, or tried to like whip his ass or something. And they all ran from her. And Mama was sitting on her front porch and fucking came storming out there and was like, Listen, you old bitch, I'll knock all the rest really? of your fucking teeth out your mouth. If you ever try to put your hands on my goddamn kid again, don't step across that fucking road. Like, literally just, but that's like, you know, she, it's funny to say, but like, we technically had like, 
the hoodest white family in Jackson. Like, you know, people didn't fuck around with the Downs family. They just didn't. They were wild people. And it's so funny because, like, you know, it's like, don't fuck with the Downs. But really, it's like, don't fuck with anybody with Levine blood. Because our papa was so reserved and such a quiet, speak softly, carry a big stick type guy. Like, no one fucked with him because he he had an air of responsibility about him. He just... You look at him, and he was this quiet guy that kept his yard fucking pristine. You yeah. know, and you know what's funny about that? I was talking to Uncle PJ, and I was like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back, and I never saw Papa mad. I never saw him angry. Nope. And he's like, you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> he's like, you don't he want a, to. He had a point. He just had to reach it. I was um, like, okay, all right. Yeah. I think it just got to a point to where he was like, my sons are such assholes that my grandkids are angels. It's like we're not we're not breaking into houses, we're not robbing convenience stores, we're not punching old ladies. He's not having to bond us out of jail. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just we're just walking over and be like, Let's watch NASCAR, Papa. And he's like, This is great. This is the greatest yeah. life ever. This is so yeah. But Papa you know, Papa didn't really fuck with us boys that much. You know, he didn't you know, he would talk to us like he had, like he used to call me J Squirrel because I climb trees all the time. He'd say, he called me dummy. Yeah. Tell hey, me. hey dummy. Yeah, he's like, come over here, Jay Squirrel, and he tell us stuff like, I'm going to give you five across the lip, yeah. and stuff like that. Want a knuckle sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> the, the most he would get on to me is if going in the icebox. Yeah. I remember that. What, get out of the ice, close the icebox, don't stand there with the door open, the same things in it that was in there five minutes ago when yep. you opened it. Yeah, I remember that, and he used to fuss at me because I would go into his shop, I would sneak into his, he had this big shop in his backyard had all these tools, all kinds of cool shit to fucking kill yourself with. And uh, I used to sneak in there and take his tools, but mostly I would steal his paint, his spray paint. And I would spray paint my bicycles different colors each week. And he'd get so pissed off because Krylon paint was expensive. And he'd he'd fuss at me all the time for getting in there because he would make my dad go buy more paint. (laughs) My dad would get mad because like, you stop stealing your papa's fucking paint. I can't afford to keep you fucking keep your bike different colors, motherfucker. Like, it's funny. I, I remember it's I would just sneak in the kitchen at night because I wanted <laughs> something to drink and I'd want ice. So I'd open the top of the ice box <laughs> and it was the kind, you know, where you would just dump into the tray. So I'd stick my hand in and be like, one cube at a time. <laughs> Because his bedroom was right there off the kitchen. Yeah, yeah they didn't. They, but that's another funny thing. Like, you know, all my friends' grandparents and then my grandparents on my dad's side, they all slept in the same bed. Our grandparents slept at separate <laughs> rooms of the in separate house, like all on the different exact, end. Yeah, yeah. Different oh, ends of the okay. House. Yeah. You know, they had a very strained and wild ass relationship. Well, now, when we lived in Oakside and I was little, they slept in the same bed. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. I even have a picture of them yeah. in the same bed. I'll, but my mama always said, or my papa always said, because my mama would stay up all night yep. smoking, yeah. watching TV, and doing puzzles, and he wanted to go he to sleep. He wanted to sleep, yeah. You know, he so, was an early bird. Like, you know, he was a truck driver for years, and so, like, and he was in the military, so that early lifestyle never left him. You know, yeah. papa would be the first person awake all the time. I can remember waking up at like five because i used to be an early bird as a kid i'd wake up at five or six o'clock in the morning my parents would hate me like you know they just hate me because yeah. like I, I just want to watch cartoons i don't want to miss yeah. out any of the awesome cartoons that are going to come on and i can remember go waking up and leaving the house because papa would be sitting on the back porch watching the sunrise oh, okay. like that was him like that's what he would do and he would bring me down to the convenience store we get a chocolate milk and a honey bun and get one for my sister see like, he he was retired then yeah 
Oh, okay. When, when yeah. I was growing he up. He worked at the plant. Yeah, he would. Yeah. I remember half the phone ringing and had to go wake him up, and it was the plant calling for him. So he would work, and they'd call him, and he'd go in to work. So he would, you know, he wanted to fucking sleep. He didn't want to yeah. sit with my right. grandma all night while she was doing crossword puzzles. Yeah, the only thing he, TV. He, loved, he loved to watch squirrels eat corn. <laughs> uh, like, he'd just sit there, and he'd put these corn and these bird feeders out, and he'd just watch the animals eat. He watched NASCAR, Bonanza, any type of like Western, anything with the Duke in it, and then he would chew tobacco yeah. and fucking do crossword puzzles. Yep. And that was it. <laughs> when, when it was just him, towards the end, I'd go over there and eat lunch with him. He'd be in his room in his uh, recliner, chewing tobacco. A Western would be on the TV, <laughs> yep. and he'd have he made his um, own clipboard, a big piece of wood. That he would put his crossword puzzles on, and he'd be sitting there with his hat on, mm-hmm. and his spit cup and his tobacco, doing crossword puzzles, watching the western. Every time I went over there, that's Uh-oh. where he was in the same spot. Oh, he liked yeah, I, like I remember uh, they bought these old hospital beds that had the uh, the movement, so that he could lean up, so that he could lay in his bed and do his crossword puzzle when he wanted to lay down. Yeah, that's when the the um those. It was a craftmatic. Yeah, I think. craftmatic. craftmatic yeah. They first came out yeah. and they each got one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, see, our mama had a problem with ordering shit on. Like, there was no online shopping, but television. Right. Like, she would, because she would stay up till four o'clock in the fucking oh, morning, okay. chain smoking yep. cigarettes, drinking Dr. Pepper like it was fucking water, you know, <laughs> watching TV, and she would. Watch these infomercials, Finger Hut Magazine, Jesus yes. fucking Christ. And, and uh, catalogs. Catalogs. So many different Sears catalogs, all the shit she'd buy. She would get us, she'd be like, go in here with a marker, just circle anything circle you want. You wanted, she uh, just yeah. liked to spend money. Like, you know, she would. She got everybody, all of our family, onto having Kentwood water machines because she got yes. one. She also. Uh, Remember those, um, those fucking machines you'd put water in and you'd put the little drops in it and it would. Um, make the room smell good, oh, but yeah, you'd have yeah. to go empty the water and it'd be full of fucking dirt and mm-hmm. gunk. Do you remember those? No. I forget what those are even yeah, fucking I forget called. it was like some type of aromatic thing, but it was, but basically it would evaporate the water. Yeah, okay. and it was supposed to take the take dirt the di- yeah. out of the water, out of the air. Yeah. You know, she bought, Impurities she bought $1,500 rainbow vacuums every time those <laughs> yes. assholes every time would they'd come, come through. To the door. Yeah, you know? I remember that. She, they uh, loved her event. Oh, yeah. Like, she, uh, she also, what was, a, what was that fucking ice cream company that used to show up and deliver all that shit? That was Schwann's. Schwann's. Yes. Look, you don't understand how turnt all of us kids would get. <laughs> we would see the Schwann's truck pulling and everyone would... <laughs> Fucking packed to Mama's house for nutty buddies. He'd have the little, um, the little thing, and we, she'd let us all go through it and pick something out. Oh wow! And uh, he, uh, he, he fucking do. He'd be coming. I'm going to Miss Down's house. Right. He gonna make some money. <laughs> he was he ready. Loved her. Yeah, I mean, we were like 22 grandchildren. You know, yeah. like yeah. there was a, yeah. we were a fucking pack. We were a wild pack of children. Wow, that's crazy. She spent. She could spend some money. That's what I think. That's what's the hardest thing for like for me and Robert. Like nowadays is because we we're like with my sister and with Andrea and them, they were so young that they lose a lot of the memories yeah. of mm-hmm. having that time knit thing with Christmases there, and, yeah. and yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And even me, I mean, I was older and I mean I remember everything that happened, but like I told you before, I can't remember what my mom sounds like. Yeah, I can't oh, like yeah. I still struggle. Like yeah. I don't I remember. cannot. Like I can I know what my mom sounds like. Right. I don't remember what my papa sounds like. Really? But I guess it's been 
so long yeah. ago that I heard her speak. And I just, I don't remember what she sounds like. I cannot close my eyes and hear but you can her voice. picture her there. Oh, right? yeah. I oh, yeah. remember and we know what she, what she like. would say and how she yeah. would say it. You know, it's just that voice, like that mm-hmm. distinct voice yeah. of hers. Like, you know, I can imagine what it would sound like, but I couldn't reproduce it. Yeah. You know? It's like I can close my eyes and I can hear Nene's voice. Yeah, right. But I cannot do that anymore. Been, Mama, like I cannot said, close so my eyes heard it. and yeah. hear her voice. And I, for the longest, I had a, I wish, I don't know what happened to it. But there, one Christmas, we must we had a video camera or something, and I was probably seven, eight years old. Yeah. And um, it was it the the tape started that morning with me opening all my presents, and it went throughout the day when the whole family came over to eat, and everybody was on camera, and I had it up until me and Anna Lee divorced, and then I don't know what yeah. happened to it. I lost it. I could kick myself in the ass because that was the only. In a video that I had. Yeah, we Does had anybody a, have anything? Well, I don't know. Your gotta, mom had yeah, her wedding. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even know if she still, she still has, has it because the only video we had was my mom's wedding video and okay. that had Mama on there. Mm-hmm. Mama, Papa. Because yeah. Papa burned his arm that yeah, day yeah. trying to set up the chafing dishes. Yeah. <laughs> had to go to the hospital. Oh, no. They, that was the first and only time yeah. he's ever been on pain pills. They gave him Demerol. Yeah. He was oh, so fucked no. up that he was just like... Because he, spo- he, he was supposed to walk Nene down the aisle. Yeah. But he was, Mama was on his ass. Go get dressed. Go get dressed. Yeah. Go get dressed. Yeah. He was in there fucking with chafing dishes. Right. And remember, it had the little thing the with the sterno cans fuel yeah. in it. Yeah. He knocked it over and it spilled all oh, on his fucking damn. arm. And he, had to and he ended up getting like third degree burns on his arm. We had to rush him to the hospital, and he could end up not being able to walk her down the aisle. I think. Andy walked yeah, down Andy, the aisle. Yeah. And it was because he was so fucked up on Demerol that he couldn't do it. But <laughs> yeah. to this day, he, like, I mean, like, till he died, he never took, a, like, even when he was sick, mm-hmm. he refused to take pain pills. I think yeah. that's why he didn't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. It's because he didn't yeah. want to fuck with no pain pills and all uh, that other bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he... And he didn't even—he didn't scream or anything. Nope. Really. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I no, mean, like this dude was next level. He was a different type of person altogether. You know, yeah. like he grew up in a fucking like on a poor ass dirt farm. Yeah. Harvesting yeah. like in Mississippi, right. in the Delta. Yeah. 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 Delta. Well, you know that we um. Well, we're not related, but so <laughs> like obviously her stepdad, her, uh, his first wife, his first wife is a Downs. Is a Downs and from the Delta, from that era in, in Sunflower, Mississippi. Wow, that's crazy. Because so I was talking to her stepbrothers one day, and they're like, you know, we were talking about my name. And he goes, well, you know, my mother is a, is a Downs. <laughs> like that's I was like really. I was like, from right where there. from? He's like, up in the Delta in the Sunflower. I was like, that's wild. I was like, you know, we might very well be fucking cousins, dude. Yeah. I was like, with my stepbrother. That's some Mississippi shit. Yeah, I was like, we really right need to, like, I need to talk to your mom and, and see, see yeah, because we don't, who her people that's are. The thing, he never spoke about his Mississippi oh, okay. family. Like, you, like, you like couldn't get that him down. to talk about him enough. Like, the only person that I, like, you know, I know Aunt Frances, but I don't like her. Well, uh, come to find out, that's why they didn't speak because yeah. what they, they're, at, yeah, what they thought of him also. Yeah. And come to find out what yeah. his, his sister's uncle's, did yeah, Uncle Jackie you know, was the only one that I had known that I liked. Yeah, do you, are they all 
not I mean not them obviously. I think but that his still... two sisters are still alive. Yeah, well, in Francis that area. You know, Francis no. still talks to only the ones that will still talk to her. Like none of us will really talk to her, but like you know, she reaches out to people. We're friends her. on Facebook, but we don't. Yeah. She said something. I posted something, and she <laughs> said something about my mom. Oh. Or made a comment, and your mom fucking went off on her. I think she Why unfriended would she me. do that? Because Francis always hated Margaret. Okay. Always hated her. They always, they could not stand her because she had, and it's because of that old school mentality. My mom was divorced. Mm-hmm. She had a kid with another man. So, you know, if you're Catholic, you yeah. know, that's not something that you can right, So, right. like, you know, they got pissed off about that. So. Well, then also her and Papa had split up for, were apart yeah. for a long time. Right. And... Um, got back together. And that's their business. Right. And But come to find out, you know, Mama and Papa never got remarried. Did yeah. you know that? Oh. I did. I just found that out very recently from your mom. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. I did not. I was very surprised at that. Wow. But the, one of the main reasons why he didn't talk to his side of the family is because his um, sister's um, husband had molested, or they, it was never confirmed, but that my mother... Yeah. So that was one of the main falling outs that they had. Yeah. And why they kind of, and then they didn't like my grandmother when she left. They split right, up yeah. and got back together. And they got back together, yeah, so. which is their business. But, right, you know, right. Yeah. But, but like you said, it's the old mentality. Yeah, there was this weird story uh, my mom told me that like right after she was, uh, when they had split up for a little while that she had married or was with some like weird millionaire dude. Like my mom was, mm-hmm. and they, they that was their stepdad for a little while, but he was a crazy alcoholic. And then one day they had to, uh, they were kids, and mama woke them all up, and they had to hide under a car while he wandered around the yard with a shotgun, and oh like they had God. to sneak off. You've never heard of that story? Mm-mm. You should ask her about it. It's, it's wild. Mm-mm. And they, I remember, I remember. Um, Wait, who tells this story? Your mom? Yeah, I've heard it from. I've heard. I've heard it from both. Mary and my mom. Okay. So like, I don't remember um, Andy's daddy, Otis. Yeah, Otis, yeah. Because I remember going with Andy and spending time at Otis's place. But that's when they had split up. She got um, with my Uncle Andy's daddy, mm-hmm. Otis uh, Graham. And then they got back together and Papa raised Andy. Yeah. So that's how that came about. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I got... A, a nice, colorful, rich his, family history. <laughs> rich, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, like, that's why I, I tell people when people tell me, like, what what makes you a good, uh, or honestly, I don't even really consider myself a good comic, but what makes you a comic? And I'm like, tragedy. You know? Think, yeah, we, I've we, heard that. Our family, especially the Downs family, they're very good at burning the candle at both ends. You know, <laughs> the brightest candles burn, uh, you know, yeah. burn at both ends. Yeah. And so, like, you know, we had a lot of cool ass people that were also extremely dangerous to the public, but uh, you know they all died super young. So yeah, like that's what, what I told somebody the other day that I've been to like thirty six funerals. Really? Well, more than that now. But at a certain point, I had been to one funeral a year for almost my entire life. Wow, that that's so much. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, that's why. Like, I have a very like weird way of looking at death you know i have right. i have a distinct process of dealing with it and it's because of just you know you deal with it for so long you you know funerals just become a thing yeah. well out of out of mama and papa's four. biological children together 
only ones left are, are Nene, yep. Ricky, and PJ. Yep. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Out of the out, yeah. Jerry, but yeah, I don't yeah. count Jerry, so well, right. whatever. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a different show altogether. But so I, so I say there's three left. Yeah. Okay. That I give a shit about. Technically, by blood, there's four. That's your blood, not mine. <laughs> whatever. I don't claim her. Not not since all that bullshit she yeah. did to me. Yeah, I mean, no, I hear you. I don't talk to her either. You know, I still, but. You know, I try to at least talk to Tracy and Stacy online when I can. Yeah, I mean, I, I love them to death. But, yeah, their mom really pissed me off. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I, I get, uh, I have my fair share of bullshit with that whole, like, you know, I don't speak to Aunt Landa anymore because of her oh, shit. Really? You got yeah. something with Aunt Landa? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> what she did? Well, she just, you know, she just runs her mouth a lot. And she yeah. just talks a lot of shit about mom behind her back. And then I just... Well, Jerry does the same thing. Yeah, I know. I just got tired. That's why it was both of them at one day. And I just, you know, I just flipped out. And I was like, you guys, like, y'all got y'all got a lot of shit talking for people that are just as fucked up as everybody else. I was <laughs> right. Like, I was like, don't act like y'all you... Y'all in the same family, motherfuckers. That's what, like, I mean, she was talking shit. Sammy's been dead for years. And she, does, she still <clears throat> harps on that shit about my mom, like, being with that dude. And it's like, I get what you're saying, but he's fucking dead. It's done, you know? Right. It's done. Well, I mean, she was with Dorman when exactly. he ran around her on her all the time. A hundred percent. I, I saw she came to my mom's house with a fucking black eye several times because she got her ass beat and she crashed on her fucking couch. So it's like, mm. you know, it is what it is. That's what I tried to explain to her, but, you know, I'm a kid. Even though I'm a grown ass man, yeah, I'm always gonna be a fucking kid to them. So I just right. was like fuck y'all, you know. Well, and they they still look at me like a kid. It's stupid. I still get called boo boo, so I'm fucking four, about to be forty six years old. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie though. I always wanted a nickname, so like I always thought that was awesome that you, you know, <laughs> Tootie. Like Margaret has Tootie. You have boo boo. I always wanted something. I was always just shitty old Morgan. Yeah, I don't have a nickname either. I never have. Never have a shitty old Morgan. <laughs> So, well, let's get back. Oh, my God, we could spend all fucking day yeah. talking about our we really could. and our family. Right. But I wanted to really talk about your, your stand-up yeah, stuff. Yeah, me too. Okay. And we haven't really talked about that that much no. at all. And we're already going on two hours. Oh. But it's I want to like get... a Joe Rogan podcast. I know. <laughs> I, I love him. But, like, comedians. Okay. When you were growing up, looking at comedians, did you ever think that that's what you would be no. doing? Not at all. Um, I actually wanted to be a cartoonist. Uh, my favorite thing in the world was to draw. Mm-hmm. I used to draw all the time. Uh, so I always wanted to create my own cartoon. I, I can actually remember specifically the moment when I decided. Because, like, honestly, I always wanted to do whatever you and Josh were doing. Right. You know, and then eventually it got to a point to where it's like, well, I don't want to sell drugs. So uh, I guess I'll join the military. Right. And then when I realized that I, the military wasn't going to pan out for me. I can remember being a kid. I watched this episode of a cartoon called Rocco's Modern Life. And there was a specific episode where the, the next door neighbor to Rocco, they had a, the, it was these two uh, parents, the, the big heads or what they were called. And uh, they had a son that they didn't speak about. And he was a cartoonist and they hated him because he was a cartoonist. Because he made a cartoon that was a, a joke of them. Uh-huh. Like, and so they hated him because of that. And they end up rekindling their friendship, but listening to him to where he's just like, I don't care about it. All I want to do is draw and make people laugh through drawing. I was like, oh, well, shit, that's what I want to do. All I do is draw. I would love to have my own cartoon. So I would sit there and just draw panels 
and think of characters and you know Thundercats stuff like that sh- like shit well, that was my favorite I wanted to create an 80s style cartoon like but you, you know earlier when you talked about making a TV show and you know a, a sitcom I just thought of something now when you said cartoon you know and the fact that you're a stand up um I listened to uh, now I'm not gonna be able to think of his fucking name what Bill Burr Bill Burr yep and F he just did F is for family. And it's based on his childhood, yep. but growing up being a kid in the 70s, oh, no, 60s, 70s. You could do the same. Ooh. It would be so much easier probably for you to to do that than a sitcom. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. See, so the, cause have, sit, you, have you thought about doing... I've thought about that because sitcoms are dying. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the whole, like, Big People want to binge watch shit. Yeah, they want to... Well, see, if I did a live action show, it would be in a format of being more of a drama comedy, but but without the whole like laughter of the audience. It'd be more like shameless, like that. right. <laughs> but if I did a cartoon, it would be you know more like F is for Family, like with some cutaways, but mostly just a cartoon story about family, right? You know, because that's the one thing that the one general thing I love about our family most is that no matter how much shit everybody has stepped in. We all made time for family. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's what I love about F is for family because that's the whole, like, overarching story is that yeah. it's about. Like, they're all fucked up, but they're <laughs> always there for each other. Exactly. And so that's, you know, that's one thing I've always admired and what's kind of kept me level throughout, like, instead of looking at things black and white, you know, we always had a very gray line in our family. Yeah. Because, you know, you're surrounded by career criminals, but you know that outside of committing crime, these are decent people. You know, mm-hmm. like when it comes to just with us, you know, I've had tons of awesome times where I was treated very well, taken care of by my right. uncles. But then, you know, the moment I'd leave, they'd go and rob 14 houses after yeah. that. You know? <laughs> so it's like, I like I would want, I want to tell that story through my comedy so that other people can experience just how wild. So that, you know, because there's so many people that can relate. They'll look at their family and they just get exhausted. You know, you just look at it and you're just like, oh my God, these people. You know, like, and it's like, I want to tell that story so that other people can look at it and be like, yeah, you know, my family is crazy too, but at least I'm not the only one. Right. You know, so that's what I try to bring to the table. Um, a lot of people, I've been told several times that I'm one of the best, if not the best storyteller in Baton Rouge. But I think that largely that part comes from all of the stories that everyone else has told our entire lives. You know, we'd have all these huge get-togethers where our mm-hmm. families would just sit down at a table and drink, play spades, and, and we talk heard shit. All the you know? stories, yeah, hundred percent, like yeah. word of mouth. And so, I just take that and then just explode, make it even bigger and just larger than life. Because I found that when I tell the direct truth, it's less believable. <laughs> does that, like, you know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, I tell the direct truth, and people are like, "That didn't happen." And then I'm like, "My grandmother was the world's greatest dick sucker," and people are like, "I believe it." <laughs> I believe your grandmother sucked all kinds of dick, like you know. And so, like that. So I was just like, "Fuck it." If that's what I have to do, then that's how. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to create huge cartoon versions of all of our family right, members, yeah. and then maybe one day write a book. Yeah, yeah. That it would be. It would make a very good um, episodic cartoon, like F is for Family. That would. It would be pretty funny. And then, so. Comics. Who 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 do you who do you like? Well, so right now, well, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to name all the great, you know, Richard Pryor, you know, George yeah, Carlin. It's a given. Um, 
what's his name? Um, oh shit. Oh fuck. What's his name? Um, he was the, he was the preacher that screamed all the time back in the nineties. Um, Oh, Guido Sarducci. No, um, (laughs) Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Kennison was also a really big one for me. And then honestly, like, you know, cause my dad's such a country bumpkin, you know, Jeff Foxworthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always say that like nowadays I have a joke where I was like, it'd be really easy to repurpose all of Jeff Foxworthy's jokes to you might wear a MAGA hat. You know, <laughs> you, just say, you don't even yeah. need redneck red yeah. anymore. You just say you might wear a MAGA hat because so I like you like the Jeff Foxworthy type of comedy. Not really, not anymore. When I was a kid, it was mm-hmm. funny because yeah. it was relevant to our fucking like country ass life. So and, the, the comics when you were a kid, who did what well, were you allowed to watch? Pretty much whatever my parent. My dad was very liberal with letting me watch shit on mm-hmm. television as long as my mom wasn't there. So like <laughs> I would watch. You know, I remember being seven and eight years old watching Eddie Murphy Raw. Yes, that was my thing. And like laughing, but not understanding why I'm laughing. You know, like just because it's hilarious. Everyone else is laughing. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I mean, of course, Bill Cosby, all the stuff my dad used to watch, I used to watch. And now in the modern day, I'm more of, you know, I I watch it. I I try to, I try to watch comedy, but I also try not to because I, like, I noticed You don't want to take someone's jokes. Well, it's not about taking the jokes because people, like, everyone shares the same premise at one point in their life. You know, it's just how you word it. But it's the cadence Mm -hmm. that I don't want to pick up. And I'll see a lot of comics that when they have a favorite comic that they watch a lot, they'll pick up their cadence. Mm -hmm. Like, when I notice that a friend's watching Bill Burr a lot, they'll be like, hey, huh? Huh? They say that, or like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, stuff like that. And it's just that type of mindset you get into. So I try to, when I'm writing, I want to stay away from that. But then I also try to watch comedy a little bit so that I can see what these big guys are doing and Mm -hmm. understand the process of breaking down a, like a group of people. Cause that's really what it comes down to. You're hypnotizing people. Uh, Like it's not like on a, it's a level of mass hypnosis. And I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it a lot. And that's why I like, I just like that, that definition behind of stand up is that you're, you're not getting the crowd to see things from their perspective, to laugh at your jokes from their perspective. You're, you're hypnotizing them to look at things from your perspective and laughing from your humor. Right. So, you know, so I try to tell the story from my perspective and then people are laughing because of my reaction to these observations. And so I just, you know, we've had so many storytellers our entire life. So I just try to take that with me and just use that. And just, you know, one of my biggest things that I, I worry about is just being animated enough because mm-hmm. I'll go on stage and like, I'll get closed off sometimes. So I just yeah. try to just bring energy because I've found that when I tell my stories, if I'm, if I'm just high energy, very elaborate hands moving and everything, people will get, they get pulled in. Right. You'll see them. You'll see right. a crowd stop talking and then look. And then even if you might not necessarily get the laughs that you want, if you have the attention of the crowd, then you're, you're on the right track. You just need to work on your punchlines. If it, if it was easy, as easy to do as like, you know how when we all get together, me, you, oh, yeah. yourself, just right, and we're just yeah. telling a story, we're making each other laugh. If, if it was like that, that easy, that's how I imagine it oh, being. Yeah. But these are people that you know. So it's like, ah, I don't give a fuck. You yeah, know? they get context. You know, they get, yeah. like, you say something stupid, and they're like, oh, my God, they laugh. Because they know what you're talking yeah, exactly. about. So, like, if you want to tell that joke, you have to translate it in a way that other people, so you have to paint the full picture. So, you know, like. And then you're telling that same story. They know the story oh, already, yeah. so they know it's funny. They laugh. 
but you got to take the hard part of someone that's never heard the story. Yeah, like for instance, it'd be like the story of when the two when the dog started fighting and Mama <laughs> fell backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like well, she had oh, your dog had Coco. Yeah, we like so. Uh, my uncle Jimmy, he had a he had this dog, and then we had another dog, and they tied up and were fighting in the yard. I was really little, but I've heard the story a thousand times. But Mama comes running outside, and at this point in time. She's a pretty big woman, but she falls down. So if we're telling a story with us, it would be like, hey, you remember that time Mama when she had that broom? And then we're all laughing. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we know and she, she fell down, down and, and we know right. what she looks like. Yeah. And so then for the joke, you have to you preface you to paint it by the being picture, like, yeah. you know, I come from a Southern family. My grandmother was a very big woman. She ate a lot of carbs. She was very heavy set, you know, <laughs> wore a moo everywhere. And one day she was came running out while our dogs were fighting against each other, and she went to throw this broom back to stop them, and that weight hit her so hard she tumbled on her back, and her ass flew up in the air. We were all laughing, and all you could hear was, "Get me down, you motherfucking son of a bitch! God damn it, women!" Because yeah. we like I can see, I can see it right, right now because you those, had to paint the picture. I don't even know what you call mind. that shit she used to wear those gown things. Moves. Moves. That was yeah. a yeah. Moves, yeah. It was and. <laughs> But I saw a picture of her. She was smoking during the day. Back oh, in the day. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. wore a shirt, a short skirt, long back jacket, in the day, go-go yeah. boots. Like she was a... Before she had eight kids. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that puts smoking. a hurting on you. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting yeah. out eight of them. But Morgan, you have great timing already. Like you just, you're natural. I think it just, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I've spent my whole life like playing to an audience, whether it was our family yeah. or anything like that, you know? Y'all had a built-in yeah. audience. Well, yeah. he, we, I mean, like you said earlier, we we're all always ter- telling stories or listening to people tell, tell the story. stories. That's why you're a great storyteller. You pick up You see, like, you're, you watch the, the way that people tell the stories, and you see where the story hits, and you remember those specific parts so that, you, you know, and with telling jokes in a story format, callbacks are extremely important. So I try to, when I write my sets, I try to figure out a way. So even if I'm telling three separate stories, how can I call back to one of those stories in each one of the jokes? So like there's that one part of one of my bits where I talk about my grandmother and then I end the bit and then I go into a whole nother joke where I'm talking about myself and about having to quit doing sugar and everything like that. And then I call back to her joke at the end and it creates this huge eruption of laughter. And so, you know, a lot of people like sometimes will see me and they think I struggle because you know I won't get laughs for the first three minutes of my joke, yeah. and then I hit that punchline, and I'll just be like, just people, I'll, I'll do a punchline, people laugh, punchline, people laugh, finish, and then everyone's exploding, clapping, and so I have some of the best buildups, yeah, out of like what's in Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. A lot That's of the other awesome. comics, you know, they're fantastic. They they have strengths that I don't have. You know, they'll tell these quick one-liner jokes. Or yeah. Do crowd work. I'm not good at crowd work. I, I tell stories to people. I don't want them to interact with me. What do you I'm mean? interacting with them. So, like, I'll it's have people that will go up and be like, um, like, there's this one guy. His name's Terrence Delane. He runs a lot of the Baton Rouge comedy. Extremely hilarious dude. And he has a joke where he tells, he's like, tell me something and I will tell you why I hate it. And so, okay. like, people will just start naming shit out. Airplanes, bus rides, and he'll just make jokes about just it. Just off the cuff. Off the he's, cuff. Yeah, and he's okay. so good at it. And it's, oh. so, like, and he used it as a practice, and now it's become a bit. Oh, okay. And so, like, so, and it's stuff like that, that, you know, that being able to work off of what people say in the crowd. Oh, okay. Like, I can, like, now, I, I've, been, I've been wanting to think about doing a bit where I talk to people about, um, 
where I'm like, hey, tell me something and I'll make up a story about it. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I want to, like, you know, I've always right. been such a great liar. Like, tell me something and I'll tell you a lie. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. You know, because, okay. and it's funny because all of my friends growing up, they used to get me to lie for them to their parents all the time. Really? When we would be all hanging out together and they would be like, okay, I got to tell my parents, what am I going to tell them? Yeah. Oh, I got you, bro. And you just and make I it would up. just spin a story. And then they would tell their parents that. And, like, what's hilarious is, like, I am universally loved by my friends' families. Yeah. Their parents love me. They think I'm very polite. Right. They always thought that I had, that I was the one that kept everybody grounded. When in reality, I was you the one the- that was telling everybody, right. let's go get fucked up and party. Like, you, you built up their trust and their rapport, yeah. It's oh, very right. important to do that. Like, yeah. you know, I, and I knew that. That's why, like, that's what's so hilarious is because I, I played Sell the fool. My whole oh. life I played the fool. Okay. Always act like I'm way dumber than I actually am. Yeah. So yeah. that I can, so that it's easier. People just assume, oh, that dude's an idiot. They have lower expectations. Exactly. And then you come in and you're like, bam. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, even in jobs, you know, I try to maintain yeah. lower expectations at all times. I don't, <laughs> I don't want people to know that I'm, a, that I'm really good at achieving it. things. I want people to think, oh, this is just some asshole who's going to just, you know, he's average Joe. Yeah. Like, and so, like, that's what, like, at GameStop, I've been really pissed off lately because they, they're starting to realize that I'm good at my job and they want me to move up and work more, but I don't want that at all. So yeah. I, I'm stuck in this hard place where I'm like, I just, I want to stay working here, but I don't want to work any harder than yeah. I already am. I, I don't believe in working above my pay grade. And right. So yeah. Like, and so like, and they yeah. really want you to do that, but it's like, Hey dude, I only get paid $12 an hour. Like, uh, I think all jobs like that. Cause at my job, get more out of you. If you're good at your job, they make you do more. You get performance if you're, if, punished. If you're shit, they they make you do less because they don't want you to fuck it up. Yep. And they have to go back and fix it. So they constantly ride that same horse into the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's like that everywhere. Yeah, I know. I just it. That's one of the big things about the job market that's always pissed me off the most is that you know. I can be a hard worker, but I don't want to be a hard worker. Right. Yeah. I just don't like, I just have no, I've never, I've re- I realized a long time ago that I would never be a career driven person. Like, you know, that's one thing I struggled with for most of my life. And what led me into comedy is, you know, I, I sat around for a long time because our parents come from a generation that was like, you get a job right. and you work. You know, my I love my mom and my dad to death, but they were never supportive of being creative. They were supportive of being realistic. And you know, my mom liked the fact that I draw, but they weren't like, you should be an artist. They were like, you need to go to it college, makes sense to them. get right, a good right. job. Well, let me, right. As a parent, I understand now where they were coming from. Yeah, no, I understand it. I'm just, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, like, my, my son doesn't want to go to college. And, and in a way, I'm like, oh, my God, life would be so much easier for you if you would go to yeah, school. And, get right. a, it's hard. Get a, get a good degree, but... It was easier for my generation to not go to college. If you learn a trade, at least you can make a living. And I just, you know, you don't want them to have to sweat to to make a living. You want life to be easy for them. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's all they, you know, parents want. That mindset is... Get out, uh, graduate from high school, or even go to college, and then get out, and then you go straight into the workforce. That's all by design. Oh yeah, you're right. But at the same time, you know, when we were growing up, the the prospects of a creative style job didn't exist. True. You know, you couldn't be a professional gamer growing up. 
Like, you know, there was right. no, right. like, you know, now they have college classes where you don't do anything well, look, to play a video yeah. game. Our, our, our neighbors that used to live down here at the end of the street, down, yes. they since moved to Tennessee, but they were always on their son to, because he wanted to be a professional gamer. Uh, but he would make straight A's. But he and made not good grades. But they were disappointed he didn't get to get into college because he didn't really want to go to college. So he he didn't really put the effort into to the letters to get he, in. He applied yeah. in one college, right. putting all of his eggs in one basket. And, and so they yet. were kind of upset about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they end up moving to Tennessee, and he still works. He comes down here every now and then he stops by. He goes, "Hey, you you got to look up blah blah blah." And I go look it up, and his son won a fucking gaming tournament. Yeah. Won like yeah. two hundred and something thousand Quarter dollars, of a million dollars, yeah, in cash. Yep. Yeah, for playing. And he's yeah. nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, the, like there's a new wave of young millionaires that are making like there's a nine year old kid that only thing he does is unbox toys on YouTube, right? And he's yes. like worth almost a fucking mm-hmm. billion dollars. It's, That's crazy. We were just talking about the other day. I was watching an unboxing video. I was watching um, <laughs> I Justine. I was watching I Justine, and um, she's like, "What do you watch?" I was like, "It's an unboxing," and um, the guy that does um the, all the Apple products, I can't think oh, of his yeah. YouTube, but. He's riding around with his other guy that I've watched his videos, and they're riding around in, in the friend's new Tesla. But they're, and you know, and they just, they they're unbox. buying all yeah. this shit mm-hmm. that costs thousands. Like, they're, they yeah. are rich. Oh, yeah. Yes. From just fucking making yes. YouTube videos. YouTubers. Oh, yeah. That's, and, a and thing. that's it. Yeah, and I'm choosing the hardest profession in the entire world <laughs> yeah. to try to do. Yeah. You know, because the biggest thing is, like, Balancing the board, like, because I believe that if you can't make fun of everything, you can't make fun of anything. Yeah. That's the that's the mindset I have as a comic. That's good. But then I also have to be realistic to how reality is and oh, how the well, world nowadays, is. And, you yeah, know, you can't make fun of anything because it, everybody gets upset at you. Well, so, not starting out. I, I'm if, definitely. If you were one of those like that was already set up, like a Dave Chappelle or a Joe Rogan, you could say whatever the fuck you want it. You know, whatever right. joke you want it to. Yeah. You know? But being that you're just starting out, you can't cause any waves, you know, till you get to that point where you can be like, fuck you, I can say what I want. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I just tell stories about my family. Yeah. You, know, you can't you can't you can't get mad at me for telling real life stories. Making fun of your family. Yeah, right. You say that, but I mean, I get it. Sooner or later, there's going to be somebody in a club, some woman that's upset because you talk about sucking dick. Exactly. And I'll give them an address to my mom's house. <laughs> and I'll be like, you can take this to them. Right. Take it to the generation beforehand that did this shit. Right. And then you can go and fucking, you know, mean, mean sex machine. You go to <laughs> try to fuck with her and see what she does. Like, right. So yeah. have you, have you, have you thought, okay, fuck this real, fuck this job shit. Yes. I'm just going to stop doing that, and I'm going to do nothing but stand. I'm mean, I'm going to it all the way. That's my I, plan right now. Is that I'm trying to I'm trying to get a new car so mm-hmm. that I can go on tour, and then I'm going to. The biggest thing is creating merchandise. So mm-hmm. the the key to being a starting out comic and making money when you go on the road is having shit to sell, because um, the clubs are not going to pay you. You know, okay. you're, you're getting name recognition first. They're going to pay you in drink tickets or they're going to pay you. Yeah, Food. Really? Yeah, they'll, like, they'll pay you. They'll be like, here's $60. Thanks for driving 400 really? miles. Like, you know, it's really, it's a really doggy dog world yeah. on the road. 
prove and yourself. Like yeah. you have to prove yourself. You have to get in, and a lot of times you have to know people. Yeah. So the bigger the thing that helps make money that helps alleviate that is that there are comics that sell T-shirts or okay. buttons and apparel, and they make a fucking killing. Like oh, my okay. buddy Chase will go on tour and he'll make money and he'll pocket the money from the venues and just make money selling shirts, and that's how he pays for his trips and gas really? to drive around and things like that. Yeah. But so, sell them at the show? Yeah, at the show. Oh, so, okay. like, he has a joke where he talks about, like, on his resume, he puts on his resume that he has some college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he has a shirt that says, like, it's a collegiate shirt that says some college oh, instead cute. of a university. Yeah. Yeah. And he sells those for 20, 30 bucks a pop and yeah. makes a killing. You know, I, I, ha- I literally have nine of those shirts. Every time he comes into town, I buy one. Yeah. And I just, and I wear it for him. Like, you know. How much are they? What's the price point? Is he at? Uh, I think it's like 20 bucks is what he does okay. for each shirt. Fair. I don't know how much he pays to get them made or whatnot. Yeah. But, I mean, if he's paying $20, it's probably like a like a bit less. Yeah. So, most of, you, most of your um, shows are in the our area. Baton yeah, Rouge, right New Orleans, Lafayette. That's so where you're mostly known at I've right done, now. I've done one show in Texas right. to get I remember me in. That. And I can go, I could get booked anytime. I just have to have the time to go out there. So that's why I'm trying to get this car because, you know, I could fly out there. But honestly, and this is like, you know, I, I, you know, I feel bad if my mom actually hears this. But uh, I love you, mom. But your roommate... Does is just too much for me. That's so, a whole different yeah. podcast episode. So when I that's the that's yeah, a kitchen one exactly. Yeah. Oh, kitchen talk. That's yeah, kitchen yeah. talk. Kitchen talk. Yeah, but when my great aunt is in town, it's hard for me to want to come down there because I'm stuck at her house and like you know I have to deal with that. Yeah. So like next time I go to Austin, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to go to do comedy. Yeah. I'm going to go stay out there somewhere. Well, how, what what is the Louisiana comic scene like? Is yeah. it really something you can? Or do no. you need to go somewhere else? I need to go somewhere oh, okay. else. Like feasibly, sense. so I, you can make it in Louisiana. You have to do shit tons of New Orleans shows mm. so that you get recognition because it's a revolving door of people from all over the place. Everybody comes to get fucked up and piss on the streets in New Orleans. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, you want Everybody's to, drunk. Everybody's going to be laughing yeah, at you. You want to be a part of that scene, but it's also really hard to get decent amounts of time. For someone like me, I need... The minimum of five minutes. Okay. But most of the shows, that it's three-minute sets. Really? So I struggle as a comic who tells stories because now I have to think of a way to tell a story in three minutes three when minutes. I do better at telling one joke in five. Uh, it seems like three-minute sets more like geared towards like observational comedy where you're just making fun of shit. Yeah, and that's, well, we that's really what it is. That's really what it is. And so Crowd. Yeah, so my big thing working. is going to be recording my sets and just putting myself on the internet nonstop being as transparent as possible. If every day, if every week I put one joke out on the internet in a video and I just have a website that keeps doing that, I'll generate enough online publicity to help get me booked into other shows. I just have to be proactive in doing that. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. That's working smarter than harder. Yeah. That's awesome. If if you could go, where would be in your estimation, be the best place for you to go and do your comedy like to so, get really... realistically i do probably i'd probably start off the best if i went to atlanta or austin because it's still a southern really? state yeah. and i can i can do southern comedy 
you know, I'm a Southern comic. I have right. a Southern accent. It transfers well into those areas. Okay. Going up north is hard. That's you know? what I was, I was you thinking. Know, Chicago, New York. New York. Now, New York is very dog-eat-dog. It's a cold, horrible place where people go to be sad. Lots of comics. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of comics. So yeah. like, Lots you know, of comedy places. Yeah, It's true, but you have to be good to be in there. You can go and do stand-up at an open mic, to, but to get in at a real comedy club, you mm-hmm. have to... First off, a, a real comic has to vouch for you. Oh, so okay. you have to get a real comic, get to know them. They have to get to know your comedy. Then they have to vouch for you to the person that runs that venue. Then they give you one shot. And so then you have to go there and do it. And you and if you're successful, then you're in. And then if not, you have to start all the way back. So if you have a bad night, yeah. that night. You have to start over. Yeah. Jesus. I know. So who are good southern comics that you can get in with that can kind of take you under your wings? Well, there's a, like a lot of them leave. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of them don't want to, like, you know, they they have an old comic mindset, so they want to move to the places where the comedy clubs are. There's no comedy clubs in Louisiana. God, if somebody... They don't have the one still over there off of Bennington? No, it's no, something the funny bone. Yeah. So the funny bone, so this is a, a fucked up story, but there's a guy, his name's Greg Hamilton. He's an extremely talented talented comic that's been doing comedy for like 13 years he was the house mc at the funny bone and the guy that owned the funny bone just got tired of paying comics he wanted big international gigs but he didn't yeah. want to pay the in-town comics to help keep the venue alive mm-hmm. uh, and so when you don't pay your 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 at-home comics yeah. like you know it fucks the entire it dries, in, it, like, up, it, dries yeah. it up so no one would do shows for him and then he couldn't book out of town gigs so then it dried up so then he was doing hypnotists and all this other bullshit, mm-hmm. giving away free tickets all the time. And then he sold it, and the guy that bought it couldn't, didn't know shit about comedy. So then he closes it down and rebuilds it into a bounce club, and then it becomes a hookah lounge, and now it's just a closed-down building. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That So the bar's not even there anymore? No. No. So like, so I rode by there the other day. I'm was, such an old yeah, fuck. Yeah, so the only place to do comedy is at bar shows now. Uh, you know, there's so like, if I wanted to hear comedy in Baton Rouge, where the fuck can I go? How do so, you bring it back? Yeah, so on every Wednesday, there's a place called the Station Bar and Grill off of Bennington. And yeah, I know the stations there. And there's a ba- there's a back room that's more of a club style environment, and that's where we do shows on Wednesdays called Delete Open Mic Comedy. We have a show every Wednesday, and then on Thursdays at Mid City Bar in downtown, we have a show that's ran by my friend Terrence, who I talked about earlier, and Omar, and like they're called No Show Comedy, and they do a monthly showcase. So they use their open mic as a way to test the like yeah. comics, and then when you're when they feel you're accomplished enough, they put you on a show called no like the no well it's called another show. It's all like like words like little plays on the word no right. but then they, their monthly showcase is called no show and then I've been I've headlined on there I've done some shows on there that's where we recorded our album mm-hmm. it's at a place called The Guru which is like off government near Dufrock Elementary it's this building says circa 1957 yeah, yeah, like yeah I work right venue. by there okay yeah like that's um, that's where we do our monthly shows at and so that's where like you go to get in Okay. Um, then in Lafayette, there's a there's a bunch of shows. There's this guy's name's Jason Leonard. You can find him on Facebook, and he's like the godfather of Louisiana. So comedy. Lafayette has more comp places for comedy than yes. Baton Rouge. Uh, Lafayette and New Orleans definitely do. See, the thing about it is Baton Rouge. We we have good comics, but no good venues. So we get mm-hmm. shit on a lot because there's just yeah. not a lot of good places. 
And the crowds around here, you know, all these LSU fucktards. Right. They don't yeah. care about not a comedy. Good, they give right. a fuck about watching sports on TV <laughs> and getting drunk and acting like right. an asshole. You know? Right. So, like, you go to, like, you know, New it's Orleans has, like, sh- five shows a night. Right. You know, all over the fucking place. Now, most of them are bar shows, but it's it's there. You can mm-hmm. do shows there. Yeah. You know, you can do enough shows to where people like Amy Schumer, Hannibal Burris will come through and do a mystery show, see how you kill it and pull you on stage. I love you. Tour. If you ever do a show with Amy Schumer, I will just own you. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Mean, I, I don't I care would, if that I is your be, big break. Don't I wouldn't be do mad it. at you to further your career, though. Well, so. it's don't not about furthering my it. career. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, like, just, I have my. I don't know if it's a if it's fully one hundred percent true, but I've heard enough comics tell me that she steals material. Yeah, enough to know that I've I seen it do online. Yeah, so yeah, they put it side by side. I'll be goddamn. It's, it's hard to deny it. Yeah, though. so I mean, like that's one thing. I just I you don't want to touch yourself. I don't fuck around that. with joke thieves. Like you know, yeah. I, don't, I just yeah. don't tolerate it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Hannibal Burris, like he, I, I he's watch, the one that put Bill Cosby on blast, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Mm. he fucked him. <laughs> yeah. Now what? he was re- like, he's good. He was a lot better when he was hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when he was yeah. trying to be a comic. Makes now, sense. like I went and saw a show that he did in New Orleans, and the comics that went up before him. There's this guy, this New Orleans comic. His name's Kamari Stevens. He fucking murdered. He set up <laughs> such a great show, and then Hannibal. It just felt kind of half-assed. Well, his yeah. his style of comedy is. He's, I don't know how to explain it, but he's not loud. He's Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't tell jokes as much as he pulled up. He had a DJ that would post videos, and he all, all he did was, like, half of his material was Instagram posts and Reddit posts from girls that he's fucked, and they talk shit about him, and then he roasts them, <laughs> which was kind of funny, funny, but, yeah. like, you know... It just, it felt, it didn't feel... Lazy. Like, yeah, it didn't feel the same as when I first heard, like, Hannibal yeah. stand up, and I was crying. I would chuckle, but now, like, I wasn't crying, laughing. Yeah. Like it sounds to. lazy. Yeah. It Like, it'd be easy to roast people on Instagram. Yeah. Versus going to sit down and write some material. Yeah. It was, like, so, you know, he had a couple of things, but it just, it didn't feel as, it didn't feel as intense as I wanted it to be. You think maybe because he's reached that level now, he's like... I made it. Fuck it. I don't think it's really that he's made it. Fuck it. I just think that once you get comfortable, it's mm-hmm. really hard to make critical observations at a certain point. You have to reevaluate yourself and then reinvent yourself as a comic at a certain point. I would imagine, like when you get to like the level of like a, um... you have to think about it. Like Jerry Seinfeld's not going to yeah. be like, I was standing in line at the bank the other day. <laughs> like, no, he pays some dude to worry about his money. You know, he's not like he th- that type of joke would never. Like pan out, he'd have to be like, "I was in my Rolls Royce yesterday when, <laughs> like, condensation right. came upon my window, and I thought to myself, water, right? Like, it's just some stupid shit, like you know. So, like, that's that's kind of why, like, I really enjoy a good story. You know, it's hard to fuck up a story. It's hard to lose touch on history. So, like, I like to use that. Like, you know, I would honestly, one of the big things that I want that I've been trying to do is finding st- crazy-ass stories in history, learning about them, and then telling that from my format. Like, just just going out there and being like, hey, guys, did you guys know that in World War II there was this crazy Scottish bastard that ran around with a fucking sword and no gun <laughs> and was, like, dominating, like, like just killing Nazis with a claymore? Like, you know, I just do stupid shit like that because, I, like, I feel, I, like, having a vocal history is something that we lack nowadays we there's so much video and 
all this other bullshit out there. There's not a like. I just feel like there's a lack of people that are out there to just tell a good campfire story. Well, when you like, when I look at comedy a couple years going years back, it seemed like it was all going of like it was all um, just what. It was all like the deaf comedy jam shit. Yeah. Or just fucking fuckity fuck 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 fucking fuck, <laughs> that motherfucker Chris Rock blah 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 fuck fuck not Chris Rock the other one uh, that was with the Jackie Chan. Oh, uh, Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. You know that was all that kind of shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Dave Chappelle comes along and he's telling stories. Yes. Like yep. on the show. Oh yeah. Yes. I still that say was to the this funniest day, shit. I, I, so like, creative. This day I still say to this day like. Dave Chappelle's long, hour-long Bill Cosby joke, where he tells all of this stuff, and then he goes into the end where he's talking about history, about all the like, like you know, like all of this shit happened, World War II, all this stuff, and like, and then during or Vietnam War, then during this time, Bill Cosby raped over thirty-two, and you're just like, and it's like, oh my, it's fucked up what Bill Cosby did, but right. the, the structure of this, it took him an hour to right. start here and end there. And it was, you know, it's such an elaborate way to write that you can't just sit down and write that out on paper. It takes time telling the story right. over and over again. So you can go back and you can listen or look at the notes from the first time I told my grandmother joke to now. And it has changed at least 15 times. I have so yeah. many different versions of this I've, joke. I've heard the one the, on YouTube. It was yeah. com- completely different than the one I heard on the uh, iTunes. Yeah, and the one on single. the iTunes like I had I was going to go in and tell the exact same joke that I always did, but when I walked on stage, I just looked at the crowd and then just threw my paper away and just started shooting from the heart. Yeah. And like and yeah. I combined five different jokes into one and used punchlines and it just and it came over like just so much like you know that's a lot of it is reading the crowd reading the crowd and then just knowing what like you know how to react looking at people in the eyes and then mm-hmm. seeing yeah. how they're pulled in and then just you know that's it you speak from the heart that's that's the best way to go because it's not even really relevant but at work um i will try to google some stuff just to make sure i get it right and then just sit kind of i guess for validation and i'm like you know what and i scratch i must type an email, I don't know, a couple times. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with what I've got. So I go speak from, you know, type from the heart, I guess, really. So, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, you know. I get it. It's really difficult, and I, I'm, but I have, I have a lot of fun. You know, the biggest part now is not letting the scene in Louisiana pull me down to the point. Because, you know, I'm ready to leave. Right. But I need to keep practicing. And so, like, I'm stuck between this, like, you know, work will be a hard day, and it's like, I should go do stand-up, but then I want to dick off and not go yeah. because I, my heart's not in it like it used to be. And so, like, now mm-hmm. I'm trying to just balance that, like, you know, still go and do the practice and do the new material and try the new jokes out. Yeah. And then just keep into my mind that, like, I'm just not trying to be permanent here anymore. Right. I didn't know it was that bad here. That's... Yeah, I mean That's it's really bad. It's just and it's mostly because of the fact that this is a sports town. Oh right. You know, okay. Sports towns just don't do very well for okay. comedy. You know, New Orleans does well because it's a drunk capital of the world. Right. You know? And so diverse yeah. and there's entertainment everywhere. Lafayette's so. done well because it's a big hipster community now. Oh, like right. it's literally it is. a mini Austin. Like that's yeah. really what it is. Thanks for the warning. 
You're welcome. No, it is, though. It really is. Uh, like, Lafayette is a full-on miniature Austin. <laughs> Lafayette should just be Wish Somebody Texas. should drop a Moab on that <laughs> shit. It's not all bad, though. It's really not. It's very artsy-fartsy, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're doing some cool things with subdivisions, like um, horse ranches and stuff, but, you know. Chris. <laughs> That's what I think of that. Anyway. But comedy is yeah. really easy, right? No. Yeah. Because <laughs> April tells me all the time, oh, you should, you're funny. You should go do stand up. I'm like, uh. He's a funny, no. you're a funny well, motherfucker. You could be. Like, you see, the thing it's is, is that different, you, though. you can do stand up, but you know, you'd be more of like, you'd be more like me. You know, you'd be telling yeah. stupid shit about our family and then reacting to those things. It's yeah. it's one thing telling a story to your wife and making her laugh and getting up on a stage and making motherfuckers laugh and you I don't guess. even Look, know. Look, you think that, but like I used to think that same thing that it was easier to make y'all laugh and make family because of the context, but like you like you get on stage and you just start and you'd be really surprised. You know, yeah, you're right. I have eaten shit. I have had, have you? but that's good oh, though. Man. That's what you oh mean. Is what I hear. I tell, I tell the story all the time. We had to do a show for St. Jude at this daiquiri shop in Livingston. I don't even remember the name of the <laughs> place. Funny right yeah. there. So, we so no cancer jokes yeah. right yeah. off the bat. So we go there in Livingston. We go there and like there's the stage and then there's these chairs and then there's a whole nother room on the other side. Everybody walk, sees us walk on stage and we're like, hey guys, just letting y'all know a comedy show is about to start. Everyone gets up and they go to the other fucking room except oh. for one family who they couldn't, they, they're, all the tables were full on the other <laughs> side. So they go to the far back of the room and they all turn their backs to us and eat oh. with their backs turned. So, you know, I go on stage and I just do my set and yeah. I just do it like I'm supposed to. And I get out and I walk off on stage and I go outside and this is when I was still smoking cigarettes, which was terrible. And I go to smoke a cigarette and one of the ladies is like, oh my God, you were so funny. And I was like, so which joke did you like? She was like, uh, the one that you said in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Like, I, I think I'd be too lazy to be a comic though because I don't want to sit down and write shit. You're a great writer. No. No, what? <laughs> And I'm sure Morgan, you are too. I think uh, look, Robert, writer. I'm just as lazy. I don't like writing either. You know, I don't like the the concept of sitting I don't down. Know what the fuck she's talking well, about? Well, like though. you know, I don't sit down on a, with a piece of paper and like write shit down. You know, I write tags. I like my phone is filled with words. It's just like like fart suppressor, and then I go, <laughs> I go on I go on stage and like I talk about that, like just stupid stuff like that. Like so, I create words that just. Oh, like pop yeah. ideas in my head and then I just work those ideas out and I, then I record it. So I turn my vo voice recorder on my phone and I'll go and throw some shit out there and then I'll listen to it the night before and then or the night after and then I decide, oh, okay, I need to work this or I just need to get rid of it all together. Like right now I have a joke that I've been telling where I talk about um, lame superpowers. Like, you know, the X-Men, they have all these cool-ass powers that they were born with, but if you know anything about genetics, genetics are random. So what? What about the people that get random shitty powers? Like, like you know, like you know, like the guy that, uh, like some of them, like uh, you, you're you're invisible, but only your skin. Like you know, like only your skin's invisible. Like you're just gonna be sitting there, and you're just like ah, like look at you, like that. Look at my fucking organs, motherfucker. What's your superpower? I can not pee for a really long time. It's amazing. I have one where uh, I say that uh, you have all of Superman's powers, but only for thirty seconds after you've said the N word. 
<laughs> oh damn! I know, right? So it'd be like, like, and I tell the story. Like, can you imagine you're Superman and you, you're walking down the street and you you, would you need look them. over and there's a burning orphanage and so you just put on your MAGA hat and you're just like, it's gonna be a long night. Oh! <laughs> 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 See, you gotta work that one in. That's a good one. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, like you know, I have all. But you can't. Of, I don't know. Can you say N word? No, I just say N word. Yeah. No, but can you say that? Can you say N word? Yeah. Is that an acceptable yeah. still? Yeah. I just. You know, I just can't drop that hard R because then, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm see, never... what, like, you can't do it, but a black comic could. Yes. Why? That's so. I mean, uh, I'm not. Hypocritical. I don't, I'm not willing to fight. Right. To own that word. Yeah. No, but yeah. why? The, right. My point is, though. That makes sense. You're a comic. Why? Sh- you're telling jokes. You're making people laugh. Why should you have to, um, have, have to own the, I, think, I think the reason is is because it's so vitriol to a lot of people maybe not to everyone but when you're trying to placate to a wide audience yes. and then I just drop that word right there it's such a shocker that people you know it takes them out of the funny they yeah. hear it and then it shocks them out of laughter and then they're like why the fuck did this dude just say I get it? that right. but I'm, why isn't it the same when a black comic does it well because that's I'm going to be honest with you I, I've seen plenty of black comics go on stage and drop the N-word multiple times, and people are still just as upset about it. I can see that. As White people? Be. I mean, even black people. It just, it's in the context of how really? the joke is. If you're good enough and you're clever enough about it, then you can get away with it. If you have the confidence to do it, then you can normally get away with it. Dave Chappelle did... Well, but also that was back when he was when he had to show, and now it's not like it's, Clayton it's, Bigsby is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely, I agree. But I'm just saying, <laughs> how about now when we went to Alex's graduation in Mississippi? They march out with the, the Mississippi state flag, which still has the rebel flag inside it, mm-hmm. and it it but kind no of still one... to me. I'm from Mississippi, and it made me kind of like. Like, hold my but no one else did anything. None of the black people were sitting by. Even had a, a thought about it. Well, I mean, because they, they're in Mississippi and they're and used also to it. at the same time, like they could, you can definitely not see them react, but you don't know how they feel. Exactly, the you don't. Well, I mean, they did. They, they didn't even notice it. I mean, well, like they were just kept on. Like maybe because they're well, from what? Mississippi. Yeah, well, that's probably there's what it that. Is, but know? but what I'm my point is that if you're far like today's in today's world that we're living in and then we're like that's such a um a bad thing right now and so it just i just like caught my breath i was like oh my gosh that's crazy but that's because we're so far removed from it or may or are we i just think that in places like mississippi that's just really fucked up period You know, a lot of people yeah. are just desensitized to how fucked up things are around yes, there. They're just I like, agree. this is shitty Mississippi. I just have to deal with it. Shit's yeah. never going to change. You know, yeah. they're the last state the that are last. holding on to this fucking archaic ass thing mm-hmm. that's not even a flag that was originally the southern flag. You know, it was yeah. just, it was much later. I mean, there's a bunch of shit. You know, I just think. I just, you know, I want people to laugh. I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. And so if I can avoid like making people feel uncomfortable and just make people laugh, then that's great. I'm not trying to be a provocative comic. Right. I'm just trying to be funny. You're just trying to be funny. You want them to laugh at you. Everybody. But eventually you're going to say some joke that's going to offend somebody. And I've already done that. I've already done that. You know, I had a ridiculous. where I call a a girl, a fit, like I call a a young girl, a bitch. And I, I got cornered after the show by several women. And they were like, this is, 
you're not helping. You're hurting the problem. You're a massagist. Well, they're in the wrong place. You know, that's, yeah. I just don't understand, like, the whole, like, who who determines that that it's appropriate, whatever it is? Like, whoever's going to speak up about it. Who's going to be the thought police? Whoever's going to speak up about it. But here's the thing, like, you, you have to leave comedy. Like it is, we have to have something, and I'm talking about we as a society. You well, it's it's just that satire. it's comedy. It's right. not, you have to like things are going to balance out. It's not the know? nightly I news. Agree. Like you know, over time things are going to change. You know, this this generation after my generation. Like I, I mean, technically by certain Wikipedia pages, I'm considered a millennial. But because of my dad being like in his late 70s and the fact that he was so old, I'm the child of a baby boomer. Right. Because of the way I was raised, I'm a Gen Xer. You know, I'm more, I have a mindset of your generation, but I'm technically supposed to be a millennial. Right. So, like, you know, that's why they call us Z Lineals or whatever. People that were born, like, we're the next big boom after the baby boomers of the child. So, like, a lot of these, like, kids, you know, this generation of mine, they're super sensitive. But yes. this new generation, like Harmon's generation and the ones that are just a little bit older than him, they're more conservative than ever before. Harmon so, is very conservative. So you're going to see a big, because they're looking at these older kids that are just getting angry and upset at everything. Right. We have iron skin, man. You know, I was called all kinds of fucked up oh, shit yeah. growing up. I still have a joke because the other day, my friend's kid called me a name that my bullies used to call me all my life in school and it hit me so hard while we were playing games that I literally had to take my headset off and be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, so I had bullies growing up yeah. like that would call me Big M Little Organ. You know, I've always, like, you know, bullies are always, you know, it's clever as fuck to me. Big M Little Organ, you know. Like, that, I don't know where it came from, who coined it, but they used to say that shit all the time. And, like, I was sitting there. I was messing with my my friend's kid. He's like 16, and I was talking shit to him. And I, he was just like, he was like, I let him curse, you know. I let him say fucked up shit. Just give him a little bit of freedom. I don't tell his parents. And so he's like, he's like, fuck you, Uncle Morgan. I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. And I was like, dude, I was just like, I was like, the only reason you're here is because your dad has a weak pullout game. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. And he's and he goes, he's like. Whatever. He's like, you sitting here talking to me with your little dick, little big M, little organ. And he said that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh. I haven't heard that since grade school. You have PTSD. Oh, right dude, there. it fucked me up really bad. I couldn't even, like, he, was, he won. He won. And I, like, you know, I couldn't, I had nothing to come You back immediately with. reverted back to, like, sixth grade. You're like, oh, why did you say that? Oh man, like this, like it was hilarious. Like I had never, I had, like I said, I hadn't heard that in forever. So I just, I tell that joke now, you know, because it's, it's really funny to that. Some, like he finally got me after all these years. He finally got me. <laughs> I've been fucking with that kid for a long time. Yeah. Well, then you taught him well. <laughs> I just don't think it's that easy to do comedy. Is. I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's one of the hardest jobs there is because you have to, the grind. The grind is so intense. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not even putting 100% of effort that other people do. You know, there are comics that don't ever stop writing. They're writing pages of shit every single fucking day. They're 
pushing. They're trying to get booked at a thousand gigs a day. You know, they're they're they're, they're losing yeah. sleep and Damn. doing shows everywhere and stuff. And I'm not applying myself to the same amount that they are. But also at the same time, you know, I'm not in an area where I have so many shows condensed into one area. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I had to explain to somebody the other day that like you know I live an hour and a half, almost two hours away from New Orleans. So when I do a show, if I'm not getting paid, you know, that's a lot of money that yeah. I'm going to lose driving two hours to go do an open mic for three minutes. Yeah, unless you want to stay in the um, place of town where you might get robbed and shot in yeah. a hotel with fucking crack pipes on the floor. It's going to cost you at least $160 to get a nice hotel. I always laugh at all my friends that live in New Orleans because, like, it's so shitty that they have to lie to everyone and themselves. They're always like, <laughs> New Orleans is such a cultural hub, you know? It's such a great place. It There's all this music and food and wonderful things. And then they're just like, and then the next day they're like, a guy got shot in my front yard yesterday. What is the world coming to? And I'm like, you're gentrifying one of the fuck mucky, like the most fucked up neighborhoods in New Orleans and you're wondering oh my god some guy shot another guy like shut the fuck up move out that's like when we watch game shows and they give away trips to New Orleans and everybody's like yeah oh my, oh my god. god they get so excited and me and April are like what the fuck are they excited about well, yeah, I mean, there's one street to walk down with anything to do and unless you want to get drunk or see pussy or titties and smell shit on the streets you're really not going to have that great of a time wait hold on I just thought I was on then remember when I was working at uh, Big Ed's and I was waiting tables and there was these there was this uh, Asian couple that came through and I was like well you know why are you here because it's such a small small teeny tiny town not even a town and so they're like well we were coming back from New Orleans and we decided we're gonna stop here to eat I said how was it what do you think and they were from like I think even uh, they were from Vietnam and they said uh, well we came down we're going to New Orleans and I said how was it and they were like it was terrible yes (laughs) it was terrible it was gross it was dirty I hate it like we had the worst time I was like (laughs) the last time that I went to New Orleans it was for my friend's bachelor party and I was the only one not getting completely blackout drunk (laughs) and there was this moment where I realized I wanted to go home I was leaning against this wall and a fucking rat ran across the back of my shoulders and ran down and I was like what the fuck and I look over and when I see the rat I'm like what and I look over and there's this girl and she squatted down no like just pants everywhere you just see everything and she's just pissing on the ground and she's like New Orleans woo and then I look over and there's a bunch of drunk dudes and I've got these sober goggles on so you see the dirt everywhere you don't there's no polish it's just Mm -mm. shit on the walls you see people walking around they're drunk they're barefoot Yes. Walking around Bourbon Street. And you're like, motherfucker, you just got hepatitis A, B, C, D, and E. That was probably me. You just got alphabetitis. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. You're fucking, you need to go get a shot, motherfucker. But it's romanticized and like, you need a, uh, what is it? Uh, You need an EpiPen and a tetanus shot (laughs) stat. (laughs) Look, you should try working that motherfucker. (laughs) Fuck no. Uh, Look, the first time I worked the Mardi Gras. Young, young, young police officer. I go down there, and uh, I think I've seen it all, right? I've I've been to war. You can't fucking shot me, (laughs) right? (laughs) This bitch comes walking down. I'm at the 100 block of bourbon, and it's when the, um, the bourbon cowboy was right there. This bitch comes stumbling down the street, okay? She stops on the sidewalk. She had to be 
60, 65. She is drunk as shit. Pulls her pants down to her ankles. Squats. I think she's about to take a piss, right? She maybe, takes a shit. Maybe take a shit. That, that wouldn't have shocked me at all. She reaches down, and I shit you not, she pulls the longest purple dildo I've ever seen out of her pussy on the middle of Bourbon Street. She was walking with it? In her. So I guess maybe she got tired of it being in there. I don't know, wanted to say hi to it, <sighs> whatever. She pulls it out, stands up. And she's wobbling because she's drunk. The dildo's wobbling back and oh. forth. And before she had done that, I was making my way over to her to grab her. <laughs> well, when I seen that fucking lightsaber come out, <laughs> I, I froze. I was like, whoa. It's like I got hit with a repulsing force field. I went like, whoa. And I was like, wait, stop. You stop right there. Then all of a sudden, her husband comes up. And I was like, is this your wife? He's like, uh, yes, sir. I'm like, you need to take her back to the room right now. Because I wasn't about to arrest that bitch. Because I'm not putting that dildo in uh, uh, evidence. I'm not touching it. I don't want to touch her. So, yeah, it's a fucking nasty place. And just people just think they can do whatever. I oh, yeah. You, no, they do. 100%. Like, Because it's New Orleans. You well, can I just, thought you were going to talk about that lady who drank all the leftover backwash. Oh, no. This, backwash. This, wasn't, this was a couple, month, oh, a couple years ago. Um, I forget what the, what we called her. We gave her a name. I can't remember. But uh, they said, oh, here comes such and such. I'm like, who the fuck is that? They're like, just watch. So this, I'm assuming she's probably homeless. Yeah. She looks dirty, whatever. She's she going could. around drinking ha- the leftover She beers. is oh, pulling fuck. drinks out of the garbage. Yep. Pouring them in one big cup. Whether it's beer, leftover <laughs> hurricane, loogies, yeah. I don't know, cigarette butts. Puts it in one big cup and just starts drinking it. And I, I wanted to so bad be like, do not drink that. <laughs> I will buy you a drink. Yeah, I, like, I will literally buy, I will buy you a gallon of daiquiri right. if you just stop. They're like, like, where are you going? I was like, I'm not letting her drink that. They're like, she, she does it all the time. Oh. That's such and such. I'm like, uh, oh, my God, how you, yeah. I don't know how bad off you have to be. Because yeah. you know what the fuck people did to, I mean. I, look, I had a friend of mine, my friend Nikki, she was so drunk. Uh, this was in Baton Rouge. This was in downtown Baton Rouge. She was so drunk. She was standing, she was standing there, and there was someone left a beer that had like this much left next to her, and she was so drunk she didn't know <laughs> that that wasn't her beer. So she just oh. grabs it and turns it up, and I was like, no! Like screaming, running over to her, and it was too late at that point. Right. Gross. I was just, I like, I immediately told her boyfriend, I was like, hey, dude, like, um, don't kiss your girlfriend at all. Ever. Ever. It's over. It's over. Just not ever again. That's nasty. It's terrible. That's like when we go down there. April, Don't even say it. Don't even say it. April gets drunk and likes to eat Lucky Dogs. I love Lucky Dogs. I'm like. The fuck is a Lucky Dog? You, the guys that stand on the corner with the heart, hot dog carts. Oh, God. That look like I a hot dog. No, you no, like bro, street food? I, I'm like, not, do not, not, you, not <laughs> eat that hot I dog. I love Lucky Dogs. I She's love like, them. it's filet y'all. At three in the morning when you're I'm like, no, shit. trust me. You do, do not. I've no, eaten one with just onions that. only. I've been so drunk. I was like, just put some onions on it. It's so good. I love no. it. No. I do. You, I love you go down there, you ask any police officer. I know. 
but I love any you. NOPD Don't guy, they're like, me. do I not love. eat that. <laughs> <laughs> they have one in in I the eighth precinct. Dogs. One time, I went down there to work a Mardi Gras. I'm fixing me a hot dog, and the officer comes and goes, "Don't eat that." <laughs> I've never I'm eaten like, in the eighth why? <laughs> it's a lucky dog. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? It's free, right? He's like, you don't want to eat that. I'm like, well, why not? He goes, well, the people that push the carts around are homeless. Yep. Um, they don't wash their hands. They they don't wash their hands. They're like, look at look at their hands. Look at their fingernails. I love lucky dogs. They're putting those hot dogs in there. And you're about to eat them. They I wear was like, gloves. hmm. No, they don't wear gloves. <laughs> no, they don't. I've seen them wear gloves. I mean, maybe one, but I mean, I, I go to look. Okay, I go to did, New Orleans, did you see them wearing lot. gloves when they put them hot dogs and in, in that not. water? They probably weren't wearing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, you're so drunk, or I'm so drunk. Cause you I can't drink enough them. alcohol to kill the shit they putting on them hot dogs. I love lucky dogs. Mm. Don't take mm-hmm. my lucky dogs away from me. I would never, <laughs> never. I, uh, hey, I have a tile in our kitchen as a lucky dog cart. I love lucky That's dogs. as close as I'll ever get to a lucky dog is a fucking painted on a tile in the kitchen in there. I always tell my friends all the time, I'm not fucking, I'm not Anthony Bourdain. This is no street meat <laughs> bullshit. I was like, Look, I've eaten meat off a, a vendor in the Philippines and I will not eat a lucky dog. Oh, don't. Just say I, would, I wouldn't dogs. do that. Well, it's it. They're cleaner. They wash their hands. <laughs> Don't ruin it for me. Just, just saying. Right. I watched. Uh, I watched this like thing uh, where they were. And look, even Anthony Bourdain had to get high on heroin before he ate the shit. Yes, yeah, true. Did he? That's he overdosed or he committed suicide. But yeah, he was a heroin addict before he started doing the mm. food stuff. It's a joke. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you want me to be a comic? <laughs> I laughed. What? crazy my, my my comedy wouldn't translate first of all because i'd piss somebody off oh you would they'd you get would. offended i'd be like yeah. fuck you i'd never that's get true. a job a gig or doing anything that's true and then the shit that you think is funny no one else thinks is funny i know because i'm weird i can see you doing like uh i have i know a lot of veteran com like comics that mm-hmm. do these like veteran comic tours and they do like they tour vas and other shit like that, and tell like stories and oh shit that make other that. veterans laugh. Yeah, you got to have that same twisted fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. So like, That's and they kill. Idea. Like, I could definitely see you doing that. Yeah, like, you should mm-hmm. do that again. The veteran commentator. But you know, okay. Oh well, I'll just you know, I'll just quit work. Don't do that. I'll just say by the time we clear the embassy. Tell the kids <laughs> don't get sick. We clear the embassy and uh, Mogadishu. Thank you. I didn't go and tell you what I was going to say. What is funny about that? It's not. That's that's why it was funny in my head, because it wasn't funny. <laughs> this is the person that's telling me how to be a good comic. <laughs> See what I'm dealing with? Yeah. So, it's like the one time we were at the um, the Tanger in Biloxi, and we're in the... Um, Isn't it called the Tangier? Tangier. Tangier. I thought it was Tanger. No, nah, that's, that's country bumpkin speak. <laughs> My bad. Country bumpkin speak. That's awesome. Well, we're at the Bed Bath & Beyond over there, over there or whatever. Yeah. And, like, she's getting her um, soaps and shampoos, and they got, like, um, weekend getaway and fucking... Um, endless weekend. <laughs> uh, weekend getaway. Yeah, endless weekend, tropical paradise, fucking... Um, 
everything's awesome, you know, just all kind of good smelling shit. She's like, go get you something. I'm like, all right, I walk over to the fucking thing, and there's like rain, <laughs> trees, <laughs> dirt, grass, leather. For the men's section. I'm like, well, fuck, I want to smell good too. I don't want to just fucking smell like trees and rain and <laughs> dirt and leather. <laughs> like, what he, the fuck? You had that girl like but, rolling. But I was serious. I wasn't trying to be funny. Gosh, and so that's rolling. the thing. She was crying. She was laughing so hard. I couldn't, like, the, intentionally make someone laugh. I don't think I could do it. I have to be in the moment, like, making fun of sh- Like, I was just yeah. being observant. Like, yeah. I, don't, I really well, was serious. Well, you'd be that kind of comment. You could do the crowd thing because I didn't want to fucking smell like, like, I like to smell like a weekend getaway. <laughs> <laughs> I like to smell fruity. That's like the other day I sent her to, I was like, get me some body wash. She's like, what kind? I said, I want something that smells good, like like fruity fruit something. I love lavender. Yeah, and I she love comes, lavender. She comes yeah, back with good. um, what you come back with? Fresh rain or something. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, rain. I told you I wanted to smell fruity, something tropical. You bring me back rain. I said, now I'm gonna smell like someone just cut Fresh the fucking spring. grass in the rain. It was spring because I said flowers. There you go. Yeah. But whatever. No, fun. I mean I I understand. I like yeah. uh. The, I got made fun of by this this one girl that I was seeing because I I keep lavender scented candles at my house and like I have like uh sp- like uh, Febreze is all lavender yes, and then like, lavender too. body wash and shit because I just it's calming to me yeah. and she's just like the first thing she did she just went over and she sees that I have lavender scented candles and she, she's like I thought I was fucking a dude. <gasps> And I was just like, damn. <laughs> like, oh, damn. All like, right. Well, I didn't know I was a lesbian. Like, first thing you should have did was the next day went out and bought some fart candles. <laughs> they actually make those, by the way. You can really? buy a fart no, candle. They yeah, they're like joke no, candles. Or sawdust. Like, yeah. Some sawdust. <laughs> or or dirt. Yeah, yeah. Shit. And you should have lit those when she uh, come over and be like, what? You're married to a dude. <laughs> you know, there's your fart candle. Well, well, I want you to get lavender. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It is, yeah. Like, I laughed my ass off. I just told her, I just looked at her and was like, did you just assume my gender? Right? <laughs> exactly. You like, you know? Yeah. Get out. You offended me. I identify as genderless. That's funny. So I can have lavender candles. Yeah. Morgan, what are your favorite podcasts? Tell me it's not true crime, please. It's not. Okay, thank you. No, I like, um, you know... I, I, look, uh, before you tell us what your favorite podcast is, I want to tell you right now. If anything ever happens to me, it, 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 it looks like an accident. It's not. She fucking did it. Because just go look at her fucking phone and her podcast. Everything is murder your husband. Do you like my favorite murder? Not that one. She likes killer spouses. What the no, fuck is I it? Don't, no, she no. done it. She did it. Whatever. Snapped. The f- I like. I yeah, snapped. But uh, no, but um, Alex does. That my daughter. I listen to my favorite murder. Do you? Yeah, They're good. gonna be in Iowa soon, and she's so upset because she missed out on like the entry level sixty dollars uh-huh. tickets, and they're like jumped up to a hundred dollars. Every podcast she has, somebody's getting killed. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I mean, I like. Yeah. I like mostly. I'll listen to anything where comics are talking to each other because I like to get that mm. insight of like 
just the mindset of a comic. So, I mean, obviously, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan shit because he's got he's one of the best interviewers there is. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree yeah. with half of the shit that he says. Yes, that was my thing. I, but he's my favorite. I just like the fact that he'll most of the time just sit there and shut the fuck up and right. let people talk. Right. It's it is silly though that he's just like he'll he stays around like genuine things. Like, yeah, that is a possibility. Like, it'll just and like people are like. The Earth is flat, Joe, and he's like, "That is a possibility." Like, I think he's just making fun of him. Yeah. No, he's trying to be. I think somebody tapped him on the shoulder. Well, it's like I was listening to him. Like I got her listening to him. Yes. And no, back when O and A. This is right. back before like he Opie, even had his Opie own. Open yeah. Anthony. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Well, all this shit started happening with the the police. You know, fucking shooting the police, and he got on this rant about. How police are dirty and and whatever, and that turned me off for a while. But you know he's gone. He loves police now, though. Well, well he's I, got I'm a just lot of saying. Police friends, right? But right. Like, it's, but he was making a lot of assumptions about things he has no fucking oh yeah. idea about. And like, he definitely like has me, a vendetta against the L.A. police. Department. Yeah, it'd be like me telling him how to do comedy. So, like, who the fuck am I to tell Joe Rogan how to do comedy? Yeah. Right. Who the fuck is he to tell me how to do police work? You're right. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I felt about it. I understand. But. I've gone back and listened to it now because it's fucking funny sometimes. Because he was talking with uh, Eddie Bravo. They were talking about Flat Earth. Yeah, dude, I love that shit. That 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 dude needs help. Dude, you know who else needs help? Fucking Alex Jones. We were talking about... She was showing me some of that one. Dude, the the Alex Jones Return podcast is one of the craziest fucking things ever. When he, like... I like when when Joe does Alex Rogan. I mean, Alex Rogan. Alex Jones, when he does him... (laughs) I can't even do it, but it's funny. Let me tell you something, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the Black Hawk helicopters. <laughs> yeah. I've seen I've seen the documents and I've seen the material. You just gotta understand, Joe! I'm tired of this! I'm tired of all the shit! I'm tired of everybody telling me! He's just like, he just gets so, he's like, wait, what? And, <laughs> then, and then like, he gets him high. Oh, yeah. Which makes him even fucking more paranoid. Yes! So, I yeah, love so that. I don't, I don't believe this, but uh, there are people that believe that interdimensional demon child molesters exist. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that so is ridiculous. so good. It's so funny. So I just love when he gets mad, though, and he's screaming. He's just like, yes. you will not defeat us. Humanity yes. will defeat you. The answer to 1984 is 1776. And you look at Joe, and he's sitting over there, and he's just like... And he just I need laughs. more weed. Let's, yes. let's get some more weed in right. here. Like, right it has the yeah. opposite effect. Uh, Calms Joe down and, and makes... Uh, Alex paranoid. He yes. just goes off. I just like how Eddie will piss Alex off because he'll troll him. Eddie will yeah. keep fucking yes. with him, and he's just like, "I'm sick of your shit, Eddie Bravo. I'm, <laughs> let's fight. Let's fight." And then he's, and then immediately he he stops, and then he's like, "I'll give you ten million dollars to choke me out yes. right now." Yes. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Did you see the one where they were talking to Eddie about flat Earth? Yeah. Oh no, I've seen every yeah. like. I, in my opinion, Eddie, Eddie Bravo is one of the smartest dumb people I've ever oh, seen in my entire without life. A doubt. I love. Him. <laughs> he's brilliant when it comes to martial arts and jujitsu and everything, but the fact that he's just like, he's like, he, he makes, he's so dumb. He won't argue. He's like, just look it up. Just look yeah. it up. <laughs> and then they look it up. <laughs> well, where'd you get that from? Yeah. The internet, YouTube. It come from Stanford, whatever. <laughs> oh well, you know, they're they're all, they're getting paid. They're uh, you know. They're shills. Yeah, I'm like, come on, dude, come on. I love all of them. I like uh, I like Tom Segura's podcast with his wife, your mom's house. I've never listened. You should look. You would like it because it's it's a lot of potty humor. You know, like, dude, it's hilarious. I love Bill Burr's podcast. Bill Burr's is great because he's one of the greatest. Like, he doesn't need a guest. 
He can just yeah. talk yeah. shit. Most of it's just him. Hour. Yeah, my, Rant, ranting. My about favorite shit. thing is when he rants so loud, his wife gets in and starts yes. talking shit yes. to him, and she's just like, "Don't that's, act like that's my." That's what gave me the idea to do a podcast because yeah. I would when when um she would come on and the two of them just going back and forth with her. That was the funniest shit to me oh, listening to. You should watch your mom's house podcast. Tom, like he, like Tom and Christina remind me of you two a lot. <laughs> Like, oh, like we're like, like she's just laughing at your shit, and then you're just trying to step it up and see right. how hard can yeah. you fuck with her. And so, like, you should watch it. He he has these videos, and so there's this one thing. Like, so Christina, she has a bad gag reflex for people that throw up. So he will find videos of, <laughs> of people, people that throw up, but lie to her, and then like, and so we're so like, <laughs> if it's projectile, where it's like out of nowhere, he'll just be like, oh, check this video out. This guy's gonna fall off a bicycle. So she'll start watching, and it'll be someone on a bike, and then they start throwing up, and she's like, oh my god, and she's and going, uh, yeah, uh. and he's dying laughing, or like, he this one video where he found of this guy that was like offering sex. It was this weird fat middle-aged dude that wants he's this gay guy that was just like and he's like if you live at so-and-so on broadway i don't care i don't care if you're a black guy i don't care if you're a white guy spanish guy i don't care if you're fat ugly i just need you to come over and fuck me i just need you to come over and fuck me he's like you don't even have to pay rent you can move in you can bring your friends you just gotta fuck me i don't care what you do you just gotta fuck me you just gotta beat me you gotta fuck me you just gotta try it out just try it out piss on me beat me i don't care try it out and it's this video where he does that and he just says it over here just try it out and like Tom is crying laughing watching this shit and so then he makes these cuts and he has a soundboard and so while they're doing the podcast like someone will say something he'll be like he'll just press it you'll hear that dude's voice just try it out just try it out it's so fucking funny I need a soundboard yeah you do is that how you get sound bites no that's like when somebody you can play a sound over and over again that's what I like but you can record it huh yeah you can you got the right equipment. Yeah. What is it, Tom's? Your mom's house. It's on. They have. It's a YouTube, so they have like a YouTube page. <coughs> they do their videos. Your mom's house. And uh, they have all kinds of. They'll have comics on. They have Doctor Drew on a lot. They even have him set oh. up with his own show now. Like it's pretty funny. Drew Pinsky. Yeah, he had uh, uh, one of the <coughs> recent Joe Rogan podcasts was pretty good. The one with he did with Doctor Phil, where they talk about the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh, no, like, I heard that when I heard dude, that. One. Yeah, well, I watched it on YouTube. He was so ugh, like like I can't believe that I fucking launched this bitch. Right, career. right. Like, yeah, I saw that. I wa- I went back. I watched that one clip. Then I went back and watched the whole um, interview with uh, Doctor Phil. And then I, I watched um, you know Joey Diaz is one of my favorite comics too because he's so fucking wild. Like, I love Let me tell you something, cocksucker. Yeah, I've heard him on Rogan. I've never heard him uh, his <laughs> podcast, but I I love this story where he's talking about um, him him and. Uh, you just said Joey Diaz went on a flight or something, and um, that he had some um, edibles. Oh yeah! And he gave <laughs> J- Rogan one, and he was tripping, and he said he ate like six of them yep. motherfuckers. He's like, "Well, you ate the whole thing. He's only supposed to eat half, whatever." And he's like, "Well, goddamn, you ate six. That Joey's next level, though. That dude is crazy. You know, he'll like Joey's the type of person that will like do drugs from people that show up to his show." 
They'll just be like, here's weed. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. It looks like weed. I'll smoke it. What, was he on... Um, Sopranos. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah, thought And what's so. funny is he's not Italian at all. He's actually Cuban. He just grew up in an <laughs> I Italian realized neighborhood. that when he said it was Joey D. I was like, oh, I thought that motherfucker was Italian. Yeah, he just... He, he looks Italian. Yeah, well, he grew up on Staten Island in a, like, in an Italian... Like, in an authentic Italian-American neighborhood. So, he worked for the mob and did all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Like, he used to run... He was a numbers guy. So, his dad... Yeah, I heard dad, yeah, story. he would run numbers and collect for him and shit like that. So, you know, he, he, just recently, the he, the guy that he went to jail for kidnapping at gunpoint showed up to one of his comedy shows and sat at the front row and they took pictures together afterwards. Oh, Lord. Wow. Yeah, that's wild, right? You know, you, know you, 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 you fucking hold somebody at gunpoint as a hostage <laughs> situation to try to get away from the cops. It's just a felony. You, you know, they just come back and be Kidnapping. Friends. Kidnapping, that's, that's all. Aggravated battery. But I mean, Joey's definitely one of the funniest people on the planet because of how well, he's a good storyteller. Oh, like you he's were a saying. great storyteller. Yeah, I could yeah. just sit there and listen he's to him talk forever and ever. Yeah. He does a show. Broken's his podcast. podcast is in the morning. He wakes up in the morning, smokes a joint, and he sits in front of a, <laughs> uh, his phone, and he just and it's his morning thing where he's like, "All right, all right, cocksuckers, listen up. It's it's." Thursday morning, the sun's up. You're going to take the sun. You're going to take it by the dick, and you're going to suck that <laughs> dick, and you're going to go out there, and you're going to fucking kill it, bro. You're going to kill it. Because everybody, like, and that's just the type of shit. And he just talks shit. He's like, all these people out here, they think they know what's going on. They think they understand, but they don't know. They don't got the dick in the mouth, but you do. You got the dick in the life. It's like, it's just weird shit like that. It's so fucking funny. Like, but oddly motivating. Yeah, it really is. Like, yes, it's like, you're right. You're right. I'm going to go suck today's dick. Like, you know I'm a two-handed. I'm a You're going to fucking ready. put it all over my face today. <laughs> I want a full facial. Ready. That's crazy. Um, usually I let the day come on my back, but this time I'm going to see it face first. Like. <laughs> do, do you have a, um, a YouTube channel for like your comedy? Uh, so I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, like the YouTube page is Morganizer1, but... I have some videos that are on there. If you search for Morgan Wright stand-up, you can find like five of my videos. But over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to start working on my mm -hmm. Instagram page. And then like I'm going to retool my, my YouTube page. And I'm going to put out a Facebook. So you can find me. Morgan is always right on Facebook. It's is hyphen always right. Or you can find me at, at the Morganization on Instagram. And so like a lot of that stuff's going to be going live pretty soon. I've had some people trying to push me onto Twitter, but I mm -hmm. I kind of hate Twitter. Well, you're relegated um, to such a little amount well, of yeah, shit. Well, you they can increase say, the or... words and stuff. They just want. They just think it's better to have to push your links onto multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just hate Twitter. Like, you know, I just hate the fact that Twitter run can topple like yeah. governments now. Yes. I'm the same way with Instagram though, because I don't know how to fucking use it. I I like Instagram. I can't figure it out. Well, it's just. Posting like pictures. Yeah. I know, but um, like, I can't figure out how to use it or to look at p people's if shit. If you're overcomplicating like, it. Her it's, sister yeah, was it's on so it. so easy. I could do it right Her now. daughter yeah. was on it. I couldn't figure out how to use it. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't need it, this shit. It's, you're overthinking no, it. No, I'm not. It was too hard. No, it's not. <laughs> you know how to, you want to make some money? Make an app that puts all that shit in one fucking place. Oh, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapple. <laughs> what is it? A Snapple, ain't it? What? Snapple. 
whole Snapchat. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I was like, wait, what? Snap was a drink. <laughs> Look, I sound like the old man. Yeah. Goddamn Snapple face muck bullshit. Look, we have people chat. at the GameStop that come in all the time and they're like, so if I buy the Xbox, is that going to put the internets on my computer? <laughs> Internet. Oh, I'm not that like, bad. No, dude, you have to buy the internet from a fucking company, and then you can hook up to it. Like, so how much is it to buy some internet? <laughs> like, I'm not your Cox provider, dude. Like, shit, where do you live? Like, like, where do you put it? <laughs> yeah, do you have something you put it in all your internet? I had a guy got so mad. He showed up the other day because he bought an Xbox 360, and he was pissed off that. That he can't play Madden 19 on an Xbox 360. Well, hello, you bought a fucking gaming console that's, that's from like 10 years ago. That's what I told him. He comes in, he slams it on the ground. He's like, so what? You're trying, and like, and this is how he, he just walks up to me like we've had a conversation. He's like, so what? You're telling me that I can't play Madden 19 on this? Then why the fuck did I buy Madden 19? And I was like, uh, who are you? Hello, welcome to coming. Thank you for coming into the store. How can I help you? And the guys just they well, said, I was well, like, "Well, first of all, if you look looked at your fucking box that the game comes in, it probably says, uh, what what's the new Xbox yeah, One on exactly. it?" Exactly. Well, I had to go, I had to pull up the internet and show him. Type in Xbox 360 release date 2005. <laughs> like, dude, trying to save money. Dude, 2005. He's like, what? I just bought this. He Used, motherfucker. Who are you? Yeah. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, he didn't know, bro. He's trying to get into gaming. Give him a break. Well, he, no, he just was mad that he could only get Madden 17. He wanted to play Madden 19. I was like, well, you're going to have to trade this in. Yeah. And I can only give you this much. Right? <laughs> and then we'll go ahead and get you an Xbox One. But no, or you can play your 17, yeah. plug it up, download the new roster, and shut the fuck up. Oh, there you go. Work around. If it still works, the yeah. server's for... I have no idea. That year. That's how I just don't care about Xbox 360. If you come in yeah, with, a Wii, a... with a Wii Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 question, I'm already just going to just be like, yeah, sure, whatever, go. Really? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't care. I have nothing I have nothing for you. You are so old and antiquated that like you're not you're not helping us. You're just hurting us. Like, like we have to keep this garbage in our store because of dummies like you. Oh, what about the guys that come in want want a PS2 or Oh well, then I get do to they? just be like, "Sorry, dude, do get the get, fuck out of here." Do you get angry? No, I'm just like, I go, "Really? Are you a collector?" And they're like, "Oh no, I just love PS2." You know, you can play those games on your PS4. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> according to rumors, the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible all the way to two. Oh. So oh. Then I could play my NCAA 14 yeah. that I still oh, have, shit. which is like a, that's the console. only reason I still have my PS3. Did you know that you could sell that game for ninety dollars right now? Well, it's the download oh, okay. version. But yeah, I, if you had the physical copy, yeah. like it's expensive. Like it's because they don't. Have... I, I I used to go buy the physical copies night of they would come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. but when it came to the point where I could just download, I downloaded. It. It's on my my. That's the only reason why I do not get rid of that PS3. That's the only way I can play NCAA. Yeah, no. A lot of people will buy Xbox 360s and PS3s. Like mm-hmm. guys. It's mostly guys. They'll show up four or five of them. They all chip their money in. And they buy that game, any NCAA, and a system. And they're like, we're going to go home. We're going to fucking play this game. And that's it. And yeah, like, well, that's cool. me, Seth, and um, like his neighbor and some other friends of his would do that. We would, we would all start, yeah. play a season, pick a team, and then play each other online. Yeah. And we would get fucking angry. <laughs> like it was his I was playing his friend Max. He was Auburn, I was LSU. <laughs> and I 
he, after the game was over, he called. He's like, bro, I didn't mean to piss your cousin off, bro. He's like, what? What happened? He goes, man, that motherfucker was cussing. His little boy came around. He's like, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. And I'm like, he's like, nah, he's just like that when he's That's- gaming. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that just kind of runs in the family because I'm I'm a very poor winner and loser. I'm, I'm poor loser, too. Yeah, I get quite upset. I just, you know, I can't help it. I can't help it. I get it. That's why I quit. That's why I quit playing competitive games because, you know, I broke one too many keyboards, slamming my hands down. Like no, like. But you you play a lot of those games where you invest a lot of time into. I don't really yeah. like those kind of games. Yeah, I play a game that I'll put like eight hours a day into, and then just like. You and know, you're still on like level one. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I like the, the. What games are those? Like in RPGs, like World yeah. of Warcraft and oh, stuff okay. like that. You spend a lot of time building up your character, and then you go and you play in some asshole that, like you know, paid some Chinese dude mm. to build his character <laughs> up and stuff. <laughs> That's what I would do. Cheater. Kills you in one hit and then calls you like just something fucked up, and then just you're just like, oh my god, That's- really. The yeah. thing that gets me is when you have those fucking kids that are like 10 years old and they're just like, yeah, fag, and you're just like, oh, and they're beating your ass. That's what you were playing earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they just don't shut GTA. up. They just chatter. It's like, shut up. But shut I'm up. one of those people that went and bought an account that had like a billion dollars on it yeah. and everything. So I didn't have to. Well, that's where I'm at now. Grind. I'm all about like pay to win now. It sucks <laughs> because I've been against it my whole life, but at the same time, I'm tired of these punk ass kids. Well, I'd rather just pay someone, buy their account, then give it to me, and it has all the shit on it. Yeah. Because I just want to have fun. I don't. I don't. Because I have a job. Right. You don't have the time. I don't to have time to, to sit there for eight hours a day, grind it out on GTA. Well, it sounds like your priorities are just not in the right place. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> well, I mean, look. If you want to be the guy in GTA, then you got to make some sacrifices. Well, I mean, that'd be great. But then one day I'm gonna. <laughs> go to turn on gta and there's gonna be no electricity because i didn't go to work and i don't have any money and no internets and yeah the internet's turned off and because that fucking gigablast internet is not cheap it's not no and then cox went to charging you for data it used to be unlimited. Oh, I know. Well, see, I have unlimited, but you have to meet certain requirements with Cox. You have to have a phone line through them, mm-hmm. the cable, and the internet. Yeah, oh, I just have ca- they uh, don't internet. They get in with however yeah. they can. And because I have, I, at my house, there was five people using the internet. We were blasting through our data like <laughs> oh. within half a month. <laughs> yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah. We, I get one terabyte, okay? Oh, yeah. And so we, we, we cut the cable. We don't have DirecTV no more. We don't have Cox Internet. TV, um, we have internet, but not their cable. Yeah. So I went with IPTV. I pay, I think it's like twenty five dollars a month, but I get every fucking thing. Well, you can do um, with Cox. They do have. I mean, it's just more expensive. You can pay them sixty extra dollars on your bill, and they'll give you unlimited. Right. Well, what I did, I, I bought five hundred extra gigs, which is enough for all of us, because I was averaging about eleven. 100 to 1200 terabytes that's hilarious i was bla- like we were blasting that like 3000 well yeah y'all everyone's fucking streaming something or gaming stre- like well it was the guys that were streaming their games on twitch and stuff like <clears throat> yeah, that yeah, yeah. streamers and then me who allegedly downloads things well it didn't get out of hand until we got rid of the uh, direct tv and yeah. we still yeah. we went with yeah, internet protocol streaming, yeah. TV. 
and now we it did so it's strictly our IPTV account Hulu Netflix that's how we watch it now yeah. so I mean for one one month my internet was over one terabyte so I was like well yeah I'm gonna have to pay that I think it was an extra forty dollars to get the extra 500 so I was like that'll be enough and it's been so far like it's more than that, then there's a problem. Somebody's gonna have to fucking turn their shit off, and that's not gonna be me. <laughs> so, I'm paying for the shit. But this has uh, been the shit. This has been yeah. funny as yeah. fuck. And it's how long you think it's been? I'm uh, thinking three hours and forty minutes. Three hours twenty five minutes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty good at time now. I can We've been sitting here running our cock hosters. This whole fucking time, but it's been hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime you want me on, just let me know. We, yeah. I got, we have so many more stories that we can talk about. I know, I know, I know. tons more, up. tons just, more. Next time, we just we need to get we just need to get like Seth over here too. We yeah, just, that's like, we, we need to like, all get. But I gotta get some more fucking microphones. I, have, uh, I know. I have two at the house. I only right? have a hookup for one more. I have to buy a bigger fucking board. Well, I'll bring an extra. I have I have two at my house, so I, I'll bring one. Can you can you uh, link them together? Yeah. All right. Cool. That'll okay. work. Yeah. That will work. I almost bought the one with the bigger, but it was... I was like, I'll never have more than four people on at a time. I don't know. That'd be a good one. And then I got to buy another microphone. But, so, what? when's your next show? So, my my next show will be next Wednesday. You can find me at the station for Delete Comedy. And then Thursday... So, that'll be at 8 o'clock. The show's free. And then on Thursday is also free. And that's going to be at Mid-City Bar. And then I'm just going to be doing some open mics until April. On April 20th, I'll be at the Worst Beer Garden in Lafayette. Um, they're doing a showcase there. Um, and then they're do, like the show is called Stone versus Drunk versus Sober. It's where people have to be <laughs> under the different. And they go, what? Yes. And they, so, so you have to be under influence of one yeah, of those substances. Two members of each on each team, and they have to be under the influence of the substance. And I would have won. Last time, if my partner wouldn't have gotten so fucked up that she went three minutes over her set and got we got disqualified. Oh. Now, is that open mic shit? No, this is like real comics that are. Oh, it's okay. A I'm about to say, if you yeah. get me drunk enough, I might would come do that with <laughs> you. But if you got to be a real comic, there's no yeah, shot. But this one, uh, they're giving me another shot because I got I got crowd favorite, even though we should have oh. won. But oh. uh, so they're bringing me back for uh, the April 20th edition of Stone versus Stone versus Stone. <laughs> well, I can't do that one yeah, with you for I sure. <laughs> I could do the drinking one, and you it's, could it's be whatever. It's going to be interesting because it's been a long, it's been a while since I've been under the influence, so my tolerance isn't what it used to be when I was a dumb kid. So, oh man, see, look, I could. That's something, but we'd be another hour if we got into that. Yeah. So, but uh, all fourteen of our listeners, um, if you want to go out and uh, yeah. <laughs> go see Morgan, right. It's but a yeah, good time. Check, like I said, you can check me out on YouTube. If you search for Morgan Wright Stand Up, you can find me on Instagram at The Morganization, or you can find me on Facebook at Morgan is Always Right. I always share all of my shows that are coming up, and I look forward to seeing you there. And what's your iTunes uh, album that you're on again? It's uh, a Louisiana comedy album presented by No Show Comedy. If and you just ter- search for Louisiana comedy album, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find it on Amazon, Amazon Music. Music. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. I paid 99 cents for it. It was fucking funny. That was hilarious. Um, go ahead, download it. Morgan gets a little cut of that. Yeah. 99 cents. At for the, specifically mine. But, yeah, you yeah. get... Um, like, so, you just get download his. One, Fuck everybody else. Yeah. 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 So, uh, eat a dick, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Good night. Thanks for listening.
Hey, thanks for listening, assholes. Uh, I know I promised you all the information, so April's about to run it down to you real quick. All this social media bullshit. Take it, April. You can find us at Twitter. Twitter. At LSN Podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're on Facebook at Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast. Louisiana Saturday Night. And Instagram on Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Instagritter. Good night. Bye, bitches. Hey, guess what? April forgot to tell you about the most important shit, where we're at on iTunes and Podbean. So uh, how about that shit, April? It's Louisiana Saturday Night Podcast on iTunes and Louisiana Saturday Night on Podbean. I guess I just thought that if you were already listening, you had found us somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> Night, bitches.